Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and how we somehow conned Rob Bell into coming back on our podcast. <laughs> the triumphant return, um, ladies and gentlemen. Up from the grave, he rolls. <laughs> he's, uh, he's back with a vengeance. Uh, my name is Michael Basinger. With me are Brad Polly, Howdy. Matt Polly. Yo. Together, we are the Inglorious Pastors. Uh, announcements? I don't have any. So, terrible death to die. Uh, <laughs> what? I don't know. Announcements, announcements, announcements. Oh, terrible, gotcha. death terrible death to die. Terrible death to die. Terrible death to die. Terrible death to die. Stop it. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey. What are you drinking? Hey. 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 Remember, we're saving this one for later. Okay. I am drinking Actun Drive-By Fruiting. So the official drink of you two. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Revelry Brewing. It was delicious. Nice and fruity. Very fruity. It was pink. <clears throat> Had pink foam. Mm-hmm. Tasted pink. wonderful. Tasted pink. Tasted like pink. Wonder, well... I immediately thought of the singer, so there's that. I don't listen to Pink, but she seems like a pretty great person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I I listen to her songs from time to time. It's she's got some good jams out there, good bangers. <laughs> okay. So. It's All right. Good to know. Uh, I'm drinking. I, I I'm drinking a lot of things. Um, with my surprise, my steak and surprise, corn for surprise. dinner, I had from Uncle. So I went to South Carolina for vacation. Right. Spoiler. Uh, spent a, just an obscene amount of money on beer. Um, so this is all three of mine are from there. I think all of ours are from there. Uh, this is from Munkle Brewing Company. Um, I don't know where, where it is. I'm assuming Charleston. probably South Carolina. Well, I'm assuming Charleston, but I don't. Munkle Brew. Doesn't say. Hurry. Yeah, Charleston. Charleston, okay. South Carolina. Well, there you go. Um, the cans are this is, sweet. Uh, this yeah. is the Monk Pills, and I really, I literally just bought this for the can. It's just Dude, a, I can't tell you how many times I've done that. Like it's just a sweet ass can, man. <laughs> yeah, like they yeah. even had one that had like a dog. <laughs> they had a dog in a monk's hood, and I was like, God damn it! Like, it just it just proves how just we're just humans. We're just dumb idiots. <laughs> like how <laughs> advertising works. Like that oh, stuff. Yeah. Like oh, that can looks it's good. Like sta- yeah, I'll try like that. Stained glass and just this. It's just <laughs> I love a, white claw. It's just a. It's just a bitch in can. Um, and it, it's just a Pilsner. I mean, it was good. Like, yeah. it was just a real solid, nice, drinkable. Yeah. Uh, and then this one, uh, Strawberry Rhubarb Pie Goza from Westbrook Brewing Company. We've had a lot of stuff in Westbrook in the past that's been just okay. Mm-hmm. This was better than okay. Uh, it's a Goza style better ale. Better than okay. Brewed with strawberry, rhubarb, cinnamon, and vanilla. And it's it's one of those, it's basically a milkshake, essentially. It's one of those milkshake. Brings drink. all the boys to the yard. Um, but my God, that was <laughs> damn right. Yeah. And it's better than yours. Um, and they're like, and right now I'm having from, are you on your third beer? Fuck you. From D nine <laughs> brewing company. Uh, I'm having cucumber and melon goza and it is d- fucking delicious. Goza the goza area. Yes. I got a D nine for you. No, you don't. No, no you, you don't. fucking don't. Uh, I'm having the downtown door knocker. Pineapple Hazy IPA Ooh, I'm from that one. Palmetto Brewing Company in yeah. Charleston. We've had stuff from them, too. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a hazy. It's yeah. good. Yep. Is there pineapple in it? Uh, I, I would assume so. Well, I mean, you drank it, didn't you? Did it taste I mean, like it pineapple? just tastes like a hazy IPA, yeah. so they kind of... 
kind of have that flavor to them anyway, yeah, like kind of tropical. What was the second one you had? The strawberry rhubarb pie. Strawberry there it is. Good God. You, you I'm walked, sorry. You walked, I walked right, right into, into the trap. It. I walked into it when I bought it. You walked right yeah. into the trap. <laughs> he should have seen like this coming. I bought it like three or four days ago. I should have seen it coming. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Uh, and this, yet I don't. It's amazing. Uh, this round is on friend of the podcast, lovely human being, Andy Moore. Hey! Come on down oh, and buy dude. some cars. He's the best. Andy Moore was born in the fall of 1972. Had the, the pleasure of spending time with Andy a couple times. Andy has wonderful, been in my house twice. Wonderful man. Stayed in my house twice, I think. Yep. He was born in the fall of 1972 in the bustling college town of Stillwater, Oklahoma. Nice. Oklahoma uh, State. Cowboys. Oklahoma, where the wind I'm a man. I'm 40. Come after me. <laughs> Uh, he was born to two parents who had no idea what the hell they were getting themselves into. These poor Do souls. Any of us really? No. Yeah, these yeah, yeah, buckle in because this, <laughs> this is lovely. You have to go did, to the bathroom. Did Andy write at home? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, the these poor souls did their best to bring him up right, baptizing him in the local Methodist church, rushing him to the hospital for head stitches three times before the age of six. Uh, okay. Deciding they weren't being punished enough and having a daughter in early 1975, um, encouraging him to take piano lessons and moving the family to Minnesota in December of 1979 for a new it's a good job. Time to move opportunity. to Minnesota here. December? <laughs> yeah, I, that's right. I mean, there's only about six <laughs> feet of snow at that say, point. You don't want to wait until February when there's 12 feet of snow. Uh, we we, drove, we, we drove, up to, drove up in the family tank. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they began attending the United Methodist Church in Burnsville. Uh, sure, I went down to the United Methodist Church in Burnsville uh, shortly after moving. And over the next 10 years, Andy did all the things one does when growing up in the church. Lighting candles, confirmation, yep. youth group, uh, through all the God and awards and the Boy Scouts. The pastor's daughter. And achieving nope. Eagle Scout in the pastor's nice. daughter. Um uh, okay, uh, maybe not everyone who grows up in the church does all the last couple things, but for Andy, it was all tied up together. The Lord and the Boy Scouts, that did not age well. Um, <laughs> no. He started playing bass if guitar. If said that in the Catholic Church, it would have been, they would have gone hand in hand. <laughs> well, he, uh, there it is. He started playing bass guitar in 1987. I was four years old, and he had a garage band with some friends from high school. Please tell me they were just covering like great white. When he graduated, uh, he graduated in 1990. In 1991, he got together with a bunch of yahoos at a church who decided they were going to start contemporary service because it was the future of worship. 97X, bang, <laughs> the, the future, future of, of Russian rule. Um, he. Has been the sole bass player for that group ever since and was drafted into taking charge of the whole thing for almost five years in the mid-90s when the current director just failed to show up on Sunday morning. He conned an incredible woman into marrying him in 1999. <laughs> they had no idea what the hell they were getting themselves into uh, when they had their own son, Asher, in January of 2003. His seizures began two months later. Uh, beginning a 17-year litany of doctors, drugs, mm -hmm. therapies, and very few answers. 
Despite the medical needs, he became their joy, and anyone who met him walked away changed in some way. Sometime in 2015, Andy began wondering if he actually believed the stuff he was seeing every Sunday. Ultimately figuring out... <laughs> Narrator's voice. He didn't. <laughs> ultimately figuring it out uh, that the answer to that question is, I have no fucking idea. Uh, while, except for two things, love and music, that's where the divine kept showing up. That's what has kept him involved in that same church for 40 years, and it's what he stumbled into when he found this shit show in October of 2016. He binged the first th 35 episodes inside of two weeks. So he found us early. Yeah, and yeah. jumped in the pub almost immediately. 35 episodes in two weeks? Wow. Yeah. Mother of God. Boy, that's a lot. Well, they that were a lot shorter a lot. back then. Well, uh, it's not, true. Not by, no, like our first four or five were. Yeah, but they weren't three hours. We yeah. didn't. We didn't start doing that. So he joined. The, he joined the pastor's pub. Uh, there, he was welcomed into the gr group, uh, where there are a metric butt ton of questions, almost no answers, and everyone is okay with that. Yep. It's perfect, and the rest, as they say, is history, dried jizz and all. Hmm. Our, not, that's not. That's, the a, that's an inside joke. No. Yes. Well, it's it, it's so Andy wrote uh, a lot of our songs. <laughs> yeah. So let me go to the theme song he wrote. Uh, um, where's he at? Uh, he wrote this one. No, no. He didn't write that one. No. no. Oh, okay. He wrote this one. Definitely did. He wrote that one. Yeah. Uh, the the into the newsfeed. He wrote um, feedback. Yeah. He performed all this yeah. stuff. That's Andy Moore right there. And he also he did uh, the ever elusive. Uh, <laughs> he did this one too. This no, one. We didn't do Coco. Him and Mike I Love. I'm pretty sure this was him. No, no, no one. Was it him on the saxophone? No. Uh, oh, that had, was John Stamos. Yeah. John Stamos. I, was, I don't didn't think he played guitar. John Stamos. He was on the bang, but he was on the bongos. John Stamos did he's in play. That, he's with in that the fucking Beach video. Boys. He's in the video. No, he didn't actually play though. John like, Stamos did play some. In, uh, I don't know if he was God. on the track, but he, was that when he was with Jesse and the Rippers? Yeah, his side project. <laughs> the Beach his Boys. side project was, was the, the Beach, Beach Boys. Boys. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, also Andy Moore did this song, the pulling out song yep. at the end. So Andy Moore, he is a champion. He's he's our hero. Uh, yeah, so go and, uh, I don't know, say hi to him on yeah. the internet. Um, if you want to get in the pub, uh, go to patreon.com slash pastors podcast. Yeah. You will be have free access to Andy. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's, let's see if Andy, we can top that. Yeah, free access to Andy. Um, yeah, so, all right, with that. Love you, Andy. What the fuck is going on? We just talked to Rob fucking Bell. Yeah, that's what the fuck's going. Yeah, on. Yeah, I don't even want to. I don't, I don't want to even soil this episode. With, I don't have yep, anything with anyway. bullshit. Who cares? Yeah, everything. I, I mean, everything is terrible in a lot of ways, but uh, there's also good I don't stuff. Know. And, like I, yeah, yeah. All right, you're listening to Look on the Bright Side <laughs> with Mr. Brightside himself, <laughs> Matt Polly. That song is just. That song slaps. It's a ripper. Uh, Brightside, what do you Awesome got? job of not playing the chorus on that. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Really knocked it out of the it down. Good lord, Michael. Michael! Michael. <laughs> Alright, go ahead. I gotta, I gotta pick. Josh sent me four options. He should have just sent one. I can't be trusted with four options. Um...
Yeah. So, uh, bright side, uh, I had an unexpected four day weekend. Yeah, but, uh, you did. Yeah, you was, sure did. It's pretty, I mean, two days I was on call. Um, but I mean, there's still that tension of being on call. Yeah. Buttholes fully clenched till about three in the afternoon. <laughs> um, it is. It's like that. It, really it, used, to be like a, it used to be like 11. Yeah. yeah now it's like three. Especially for me and yeah, you. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, but it was a good reset. Uh, I played bingo with my kids. Nice. It was really good to yeah. just i slept like nine hours a night it was wonderful yeah man, it's good so right. i don't know what do you got um i don't know i i mean i don't have any like at specific events like the weekend was nice like but i just you're, feel you're like dog for me i did yeah we that we as a family took care of gwen yeah so the answer she to came down to the house the and she came down crap. to the house and actually Ezra <clears throat> ran Ezra around ran around out. in the backyard crapped all over the place in my yeah. backyard um, just as she's been trained <laughs> but I, I was <clears throat> my right side was going to be just like I I've been feeling like over the last couple weeks and even just I cannot recommend this new Rob Bell book enough. Oh my like, god! I, like I, I had to speed read it. I, I can't like, possibly. I can't possibly oversell this book. No. And I'm ready to reread it. It's already. kind of. Yeah. It's not even out. Not kind of. It's leading to like a. It's. I finished it today, and it's. I feel like softer. Yeah. Freer. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I've I've talked for the last few weeks. Like I just can't do the hate anymore. I just yeah. can't do the anger anymore. Yeah. Like I, I just. It's exhausting. It's, it's it's exhausting. It's 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 a life sucking <laughs> venture to be yeah, constantly yeah. cynical and angry, and I just can't do it. And so, um, I don't know. I I've, I've been trying to find more wonder, um, yep. in just everyday, yeah, weird crap. You know what I'm saying? Find like, the beauty in I just every. I said, moment. watch my cat today. Like nice. You know, I it just. Mandy and I were talking. It's like, I wonder, where, wouldn't just like to be in a cat's brain for a day. I mean, it's just like one of those kind of like, she's just like going. I mean, mm-hmm. we're doing things. We had the Roomba going, big Robungus, which is what we what's what we named it. Nice. And uh, you should have gave it a droid name, DJ Roomba. No, it's it's, it's big Robungus. So it she just it, it, I would love to know what is going through her head because she literally will just go to the side, like to the wall, and just stare at it. And then when it moves, she'll move close to it, and then it moves towards her, and she backs away, yeah. and she just stares at it. And yeah. it's like, what is going through her brain? Anyway, Can that I was just—it it was just a moment of wonder of like watching her, and I, I just—I don't know—I just feel like my heart is softening a little bit, and you have a heart on it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think we just found our hashtag. <laughs> but, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> Just say yes. Sure. Just say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, that's 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 my that's that's my bright side. It's Brad's heart on. He, he, Michael Michael ruined that pretty well. So as no, he does as he does no, every bright side. It's good. It's good. I'm I'm glad. But Matt, what's your bright side? I do. I don't really want to talk honestly because I'm afraid of what you're gonna say. How did you know? It's like you think I'm prepared for whatever tomfoolery you've got planned. I went on vacation last week. See, I just, it's just fucking, I just, I just can't, man. Uh, uh, you mean you went on a holiday? There, see, there it is. I, Dude, you did say holiday. Dick and hole. I was like, what did I say? Once you go to the fucking Cotswolds or something. 
Dude goes to the Caroline and he comes back with the Madonna fake British accent. Anyway, how was your vacation? My holiday was fine. <laughs> you know, it was bollocks. No, it was my holiday. It was the dog's bollocks. On holiday. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Bully for me. Um, we went to we went to Charleston where her uh, one of her stepbrothers lives and his family. Um, and they live like almost on Isle of Palms. They're almost at the beach already. Nice. Like you're five minutes from the beach nice. pretty much. Um, uh, hotter than balls down there, by the yeah, way. Oh, I'm yeah. sure it was. Uh, the heat you brought index, that back with you. The heat index on Friday was 107. <laughs> it was lovely Oof. the entire time. 107? 107 was Oof. the heat index. Yeah, at, at like 11 o'clock at night, it felt like a bowl of soup you were walking yeah, through. Yeah, we've had those nights. However, it did. It got incrementally cooler as the weekend went on. So, um, But it, it was just, it was honestly, it was nice just not being at work because I was getting pretty burnt at work, and it was nice just to be away for a while. I had like six days off, I think, altogether. Um, and it was just, I don't know, it was just good to be away. Uh, I'd really like to take a vacation, but it doesn't involve family at some point. I mean, yeah. I, we had you a really... mean a holiday? <laughs> yeah, a holiday. <laughs> we had, a, I mean, we had a really good time, but like, and I really enjoy her, like that side of her family, like her step family is, like they're awesome. Like they're just, they're a lot of fun to be around. And um, we played What Do You Meme, and which is basically just Cards Against Humanity with pictures. So oh, I've played that. Yeah, it's it's the same <clears throat> principle. You yeah. got a beer can behind your it's gone. computer. I know. Well, it's I anyway. Whatever. So we had a really good time, and then I have another one, which is not as big a deal, but I've grown my fingernails out. <laughs> nice. No, I mean that's like bread nose. I've <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, know. I have too. I've never not. <laughs> I've never not chewed my fingernails ever. Like ever. Yeah. Um, there were a couple lame attempts in my life where I've tried to grow them out, and it just it just didn't take. And they're longer than they've ever been in my life. Not, you're not talking about like you're not getting long. You're not getting a Coke pinky. No, it's not. It's just like, I'm not Florence normal. Griffith. I'm not Florence Griffith Joiner. He's got a Coke finger. I've got a Coke Coke nail. Yeah. Um. But no, I mean, but they're. What the fuck are you doing? Just keep talking. Just keep you're going. Fine. Just keep going. You're fine. This is Brad's music segment. See, I speak no understand anyway. away to stay. Is that it? Oh, I don't know the rest. <laughs> anyway, how's your coke nail coming along? It's an alright. That's a good song. That's a man. great fucking song. That's man. a killer riff. Man, I should have played that one. Um. Anyway, <laughs> it's a big deal for me because I when because I, I don't ever commit to anything. You guys know that I don't commit to fucking anything. Yeah, it happens. But I've committed to this, and like, and I just decided one day to do I it. I need to do it, too, which is man. well. It's, but here's the thing, yeah. like. Until I'm ready to do something, and I post this on my vanilla Facebook, and to, if I'm not ready to do something, it's never going to fucking happen. I think but, that's but, true of like it, most. It, it of probably humanity. is, but yeah. I I've recognized it specifically in my life that when I make a decision to change something, it fucking changes. Like, yeah. and until I and I've, I'll have a lot of false starts probably, but when I actually decide to do it, it gets done. The same. Go all in. I'm all therapy was the same way. I needed for two years. I needed therapy. It took me that long to get around to it, but when I did it, I did it 110. percent um, and the same thing with just this weird thing, like growing my fingernails out. I, I don't know why I decided to do it. I just did. I'm proud of you, buddy. Thank you. 
Good job. Michael, what do you got? Did I already say mine? I feel like I did. Yeah, you did. You're right. What's yeah. next? All right. By the uh, way, I've been devouring that Cam Cole album all week. Oh, it's, so dude, it's fantastic. It's so God, top to bottom. So good. Yep. Uh, let's do... Do you want to do Poetry Corner? I got one. All right. They were Oscar Wilde at heart And they ripped off Emerson They put the cum in cummings They put the dick in Dickinson Welcome to the Polly's Poetry Corner Take it away, Polly is called filler filler <laughs> never heard of her didn't touch her her into your lap i now do crawl into oh your, god into your comforting arms i now can fall the fight is over the battle was won i look behind me to get a glimpse of a past untold to anyone not there the past is gone your hope your grace fill the void you smile and say carry on fill the void Boy, it's, he uh, said, it's carry, really, really carry, something. Carry on, my wayward son. <laughs> oh it's, God, uh, it's, it's really, really yeah. something. Yep. I hit the. There we go. I hit the button like three times and didn't want to go down. All right, what's next? Uh, oh, uh, let's do something else. <laughs> <laughs> Meditating with Gary Busey. Try one, buddy. It's a very strange silence that I'm living in right now. It's a silence that has a lot of activity and noise in it from a zone that I don't live in on this earth. Right on. Glad they ever get to the end of this. So. Let's just live in it. <laughs> Let's just be be here now. <laughs> um. All right. Let's go into what? What are we doing with this stuff? Well, that's oh, Rolling that's now. Yeah, okay. People think I'm funny. People think I'm strange. Rolling on up in the passing pub. Eating it up. Eating the grub. Say now, give me that. Give me that. Give me that. Okay, so uh, Brandon Carlton. <laughs> Matt and I are already yeah, can, can hammering this Slow down. down. Carly Eaton's uh, way. Carly Eaton's way. Brandon Carlton, friend of the of the podcast. He was on an former, episode. Former guest. Former guest. Uh, he sent us some whiskey. Mm. Uh, it's a malted oh, Y. Malted Y. Malted rye whiskey. whiskey. <laughs> God damn it. From Cedar Ridge Distillery. Love me some rye whiskey, baby. From Cedar Ridge Distillery in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. All right, let's try that. So let's try that bad boy. Mm. That's, Ooh, that's really nice. That's different. Yeah, it's complex. That's a different why. Or, God, what why? is going on? A different rye. Well, you've had three beers. No, like I'm not even, like I just can't talk. That's, wow, that's really good. 
Very good. Man, that's a nice ride. Wow. Damn. All right, and then he, he is... That's got almost like an anise. Yeah, there's it. a little bit of that. Like, more than I've noticed in other yeah, rides. it's good. Man, that is delicious. It's fucking fennel. It's Brad, my impression of Brad every time I bring up anise. No, in this respect, it would be anise. God damn it, Brad. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Brandon Carlton. So, Brandon started baking bread. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been posting. He's got a sweet Instagram. Mm, you should check God, it out. That is just... The Instagram is spruce or Blue Spruce Bakery uh, is on Instagram, so definitely check that out. But he started baking bread. I, th- I think <clears> this <throat> is a – I'm not a – I should have asked him this. If this was started with the pandemic because it feel I like it really it ramped up. Yeah, it really pandemic did. So, um, it's our COVID <clears throat> bread. He sent us a couple different loaves of bread. One loaf is a seeded Fucking country hell. brown loaf. That's not um, the one I had. No. Country brown loaf made with uh, three organic stone milled flours, 10% rye flour mm. grown and milled in Wisconsin, 20% heirloom red fife milled in Illinois, and 70% malted barley all purpose flour grown and milled in Utah. On the outside of the loaf Dude. Uh, are, tested, are, are toasted sesame and poppy seeds. So, oh, Dude, it's fantastic. I'm... Mm-hmm. Don't chew into the microphone, Michael. I, dude, I haven't taken a bite. I know. I'm you, just. I'm just. Everyone saying, can hear you, fuckers. No, you the can't microphone. hear me. Chewing I can hear both. No, you can't. Anyway, That's uh, a five out of five all day. I mean, both of them are just. Mm. So this actually goes along really well with Rob's book, because like you can tell when something is made by somebody that they gives a shit, loved it. Like, they loved what they were doing, and they gave a damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's crafted, well-crafted. It tastes like he gives a shit. Yeah. That's the only way. You know what I mean? It's really, really good. God, it's perfect, man. That is... Oh. I could just... I could house a fucking loaf of that shit. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, The second loaf uh, has the same flowers, but incorporated into the loaf is dried Michigan cherries, Mm. cinnamon, and brown sugar with an oatmeal crust. It's... It's so good. I'm going to have a bite of that. It's that so one, good. That one is like sex in a loaf, man. I mean, that is, that's what an orgasm tastes like. Wait, what? Is it, you say, is this called Brandon's sex loaf? Yeah. Have you tasted an <laughs> orgasm before? I have now. Oh, man, that is, God, that's good. Man. Okay. Like, I don't, I honestly don't ever really think like, that bread is particularly complex, like flavor wise, that is complex. Yeah. Like I'm having just the, mm-hmm. the regular loaf or whatever. Both of them are. Man. That it is goes fantastic. It really, goes really well. Yeah, it right. does. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> His website is bluesprucebakery.com. At this time, shipping is not an option, uh, but follow him on Instagram and he'll announce when uh, he has shipping all set up. Uh, Instagram again is bluesprucebakery. At Blue Spruce Bakery. Dude, that cherry one <clears throat> is fucking insane. They're both good. I know, but man. He sent me a fun fact about the Heirloom Red Fife. <clears throat> uh, extra fun fact. Heirloom Red Fife whole wheat flour was the industri- industry standard for bakeries in Canada from 1840 through the early 1900s. An Ontario farmer named David Fife made it popular. It's believed he brought it over from the Mennonite farmers in huh. Poland. Wow. That makes so, sense. That is a, actually mm-hmm. a really interesting fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's God, uh, that's good. Follow his Instagram, and as soon as he can ship stuff out to you, yeah, he get needs it. to. I don't know what he does, like, 
like for a living, he needs to do this. Yeah, because well, <laughs> he's a he's a pastor. No, I mean I don't think that's his paying gig though. Um, sex well, love. He's he's yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's ministering to me through his sex love right yeah. now. What a My wonderful God. What a wonderful Sex world. Love, no Fuck balls. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Want to do music time? Music mm-hmm. time, music time. Going to play some shit. Probably some jazz and a little punk rock. Maybe something with a something? lot of ambient noise. Yeah, I forgot about this one. Okay. Um, it was a new band I uh, found this week. I have nothing. It's like Ballsack told him, throwing blood and urine in the audience isn't enough. You guys need to learn to play something. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> All right, I do have something. Um, uh, it's a rap album. Uh, Vritra, V R I T R A. Is this okay. the Vritra. rap Petra? No, it's not. You say Vritra? No, Vritra. Oh, frittatas. No nope. rap. No, nope, it's not. It's a rock frittata. Michael, stop what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> the album is Sonar. Beep. Beep. The God, uh, beep. red is so it's good. So good. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. The uh, the song is What's That? by Mogwai. Mm. I like Mogwai. I like Uruguay. <laughs> what about Paraguay? I'll take them both. Pear is always better. Are they Icelandic? No, I don't think so. Are you, are you, I thought they were. The album's called Atomic, which is interesting because a lot of his book is talking about mm-hmm. atoms. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. So, did you listen through this at all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's post-rock. Post I mean, yeah. it's just, it's post-rock. Continuously builds. 
Um, so that's the Rob Bell entry. How how far do you want me to push it this week, guys? You want me to push it hard? Why, why do you? Even I don't even push know what soft? you're asking right now. Push it real good. I can push it real good. Your blank. Your choice. Just play whatever you're gonna play. I have, I have all options. I'm trying to give you options. Just play something normal. Okay. Thank you. <clears throat> all right. No more date with Alan Go, please. Never again. Never. Goddamn again. Uh, this is uh, from a soundtrack for Four Weddings and a Funeral, the TV show. I didn't know that was a thing. What? I don't know. Uh, but I, I heard it, and I thought it was great. I'm not going to tell you the title, um, but the artist is Nina Nesbitt. Listening to that makes her cover more impressive. Yeah. Because she really made it her own. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like the cover it's better. It's a totally actually. different, yeah. different take. Um, are we forgetting anything before we go any further? Um, I don't know. I fucking house that bread though. Yeah, mine's right. gone. <clears throat> Let's take it away, Andy Moore. Lock up your fears, dry all your tears, refill your beers. We're headed into the new speed. Yeah. Husband surprises wife with 1,600 pound, meaning money, money, English money, a 12 foot T-Rex in place of the gnome she asked for. Nice. Sure, that went well. Six foot? No. 
12 foot. Wow. That's a big fucking T-Rex, man. A husband who was asked to asked by his wife to spruce up their garden decided to surprise her with a 12-foot tall T-Rex instead. Adrian Shaw, 52, purchased the 14-stone resin, which I looked that up. It's 196 pounds. That's a big fucking dinosaur. Resin and fiberglass dinosaur for 1,600 pounds in place of the garden gnome she asked him to buy. Yikes. The dinosaur named Dave was strategically lifted into the <laughs> nice. couple's garden in Leamington Spa, Warks. But it's lovely this time of year. <laughs> Here it is. Is that a seaside resort? <laughs> By or? Crane. Yeah. Uh, all of which took place while Deborah, who was none the wiser, was out running errands. <laughs> Boy, that. So she comes home from running errands. She sees this son of a bitch in her garden. Jesus Christ. Dude, that's a great looking dinosaur, man. <laughs> it's oh, shit. massive. That is awesome. Massive. That is awesome. That would take up my front yard. It's large. It's huge. How much was that? 1,600 pounds, which is probably 2,000. No, about 2,000 U.S. probably. probably. 2,000 bucks. Mm. What if they ship to the States? (laughs) How much podcast money do we have? Not enough for me to get a dinosaur, but I totally would have one. (laughs) Patreon.com slash If I win the lottery, purchase number one. Raise enough for us to buy this and we'll put on a fifth. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we'll charge a hundred dollars for you to pet the dinosaur. <laughs> yes. We'll bring the dinosaur with us. Oh, any, uh, then I've got uh, son sells twenty eight years of birthday whiskey to buy his first home. Wow! Wait, what? Yeah, a man whose father gave him eighteen year old whiskey every year for his birthday. Oh, Jesus! Is selling the collection to buy a house. Matthew Robson from T- Taunton. Much warmer on the inside than the suburbs. Taunton, I hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it smells a lot worse. It smells too. a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, was uh, was born in 1992, and over the course of his life, his father Pete has spent about five thousand pounds on 28 bottles of Macallan single malt. Wow, that's awesome. The collection is now worth more than forty thousand pounds and has been put up for sale. The 28-year-old said it probably wasn't the best gift for a young boy, but with strict instructions never to open them, they became a nest egg. Hmm. So, I mean, he's got them, like, back to the 70s and stuff. I mean, these are like whales, these bottles. I mean, this is the stuff that you just don't see ever anywhere. Um, He said, each year I received it as a birthday present. I thought it was quite a quirky little present as I was slightly too young to start drinking. But I was under strict instructions never, never to open them, and I tried my hardest and succeeded, and they're all intact. Wow. His father, Pete, who was from Mil- Milnathort, also beautiful this time of year, in Scotland, said the first bottle of 1974 whiskey was bought to, quote, wet the baby's head. I don't know what the fuck he means. Wait, what? It said to wet the baby's head. I, Are you christening? I don't know. Um, but McAllen, uh, McAllen, the price, the value of McAllen bottles has risen massively over the last five to 10 years to have such a vast collection of bottles is the real selling point of these. So, yep. 40, about 40,000, probably about 50 some thousand us. Wow. (laughs) So yeah, pretty cool. I hope whoever buys them, shares them, bottle with them. They won't. They'll sit on the shelf forever. They will never be drank, which drives me fucking crazy about whiskey. I mean, this is cool. It is cool, but whiskey. For this purpose, it's cool. If you're just whiskey collectors, they drive me absolutely insane. It's like, drink this shit. It was made to be consumed. Drink it. Stop. 
Uh, anyway. Yep, there you go. All right. What do you have? Uh, from the irishpost.com. Huh. Irish pub bans Neil Diamond Sweet Caroline from venue amid coronavirus fears. Yeah, I've heard of this. Uh, Murphy's Irish Bar in Caralejo, Spain. Okay. Assumed to be in Ireland, but uh, seemingly took the unusual decision as part of a wider effort to help stop the spread of coronavirus across the region. Last month, the World Health WHO announced there was evidence coronavirus may be spread by tiny particles. This is an older article. Um, there's a school of thought that says that singing not only also expels droplets and aerosols from the mouth and nose, but also expels a greater quantity of droplets due to the volume of the human voice tending to be louder when singing. Uh, while karaoke isn't prohibited, venues are required to take steps to ensure singers are at least three meters from any, uh, that's six feet. That's nine feet, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. from any watching, uh, from any watching patrons while performing. Sweet Caroline represents a slightly different problem though. First released in 1969 by God's own minstrel, Neil Diamond, uh, God's own minstrel. and said to have been inspired by the daughter of U.S. President John F. Kennedy. I didn't know that. Uh, the song is a favorite of pub sing-alongs karaoke Yeah, I didn't otherwise. know that either, actually. No. Uh, pub guards in both the UK and Ireland have proven rather partial to Diamond's dulcet tones on the familiar radio favorite. Uh, play it late, into the night, at any venue, and you're likely to get a vocal response from the intoxicated customers present. You had to bah, probably... Bah, bah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all of which goes some way to explaining the band. Ireland also has some previous history with this particular track in the early stages of the pandemic a video surface on social media of a large crowd of people ignoring social distancing and other safety measures together mm-hmm. together in a Dublin pub for a rousing rendition of the diamond ditty so apparently this is the thing in Ireland and Irish pubs all over the world P. Diddy's new name is diamond ditty <laughs> the fuck <laughs> you said diamond ditty you did. What, I, the Neil Diamond Diddy. I, I know what I fucking said. Pete Diddy's new name, Diamond Okay, Diddy. I got it, Michael. All right. Anyway. Girl's best friend. Anyway. <laughs> From the uh, mirror. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, mom charging 28 pounds to rate men's privates, and she gives what? very honest feedback. Oh, rate? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, a mum. Has revealed she charges men 28 pounds, it's 50 bucks, to rate their manhood, and it's her most popular service. Sex educator and lifestyle coach Lonnie Pavlovich from Queensland, Australia, advises men on how to improve their love lives based on the shape and size of the pecker. Her <laughs> curious customers send her 50 bucks on a picture of their crown jewels, and in return, they'll be sent a Rate Your Rooster report. So rate. Come with a certificate of authenticity. This details rate what sexual position your rooster. Is it notarized? Cock. Rooster, cock. No, I get it. Oh, I'm okay. just good. Right, Neil? Do you see why it's funny? No, like, I don't. Uh, this, this details what sexual... We should do it and send pictures of roosters. <laughs> just the you little could. dangly thing. It'd be worth uh, 50 bucks, right? The waddle. Yeah. Send her pictures of your uvula. Uh, this details what this sexual positions... weird. It's just weird. What positions are best for them, and the report also helps men to understand their what? anatomy and provides hygiene advice. <laughs> Get rid of the crabs. You need to wash that thing. You need to wash that fucking thing. Hey, that'll, wet be, wipe. that'll be 28 pounds, please. Yeah. You need to wet wipe under your turtleneck. Um. <laughs> Sanitize that shit. Wet wipe under your yeah. turtleneck. 
You got anything else? <laughs> no, I mean she's just she's just sort of like a sex expert, and she's just helps people. Sexpert is the. She just helps people figure out Please. what's what's best for them and for their partner. I guess. I mean, I mean it's a fairly har- it's a weird way to do it, but it's a fairly harmless. You know what I'm saying? I mean it's it's actually a it's not her just getting pics of of dicks for no reason. It's I her mean, offering advice and. I mean, we really don't need dick pics. That really shouldn't be a thing that we do. I mean, she helps women as well, but like, yeah. She may be the, she, what? So she's, she like badge report? She also educates her clients on consent, self-pleasure, boundaries, and finding comfort in intimacy or a kink. What kind of kink? Wait, just whatever you're So doing. she's recommending kinks? No, it's whatever you're into. What? Like to talk about them. Oh, she wants to talk about kinks. With the person. I like to talk about the kinks. It's a pretty good band. It's a good band, yeah. Hmm. hmm. Anyway, so yeah, she's wonder married. What, she's married. Lola versus Power Man is one of the best albums ever. <clears throat> what? Yeah. Lola versus Power Man by the Kings. Yeah. It's one of the best freaking albums. Anyway, ever. she's married, has kids, so it's not like a weird. It's just, just. I mean, it she is does. a weird thing. It's, she it's weird. People's dick, <laughs> but no, she doesn't rate them. She she gives them also. It's a, called Rate My Rooster. Okay, I know, but she gives them advice on. She top runs RottenRooster dot com. She gives them advice on top of that. As to what is best for them, what sexual positions are best, will work best for their... 100% fresh. They're dangling. I mean... All right, I'm done. Get certified rotten. Certified rotten. God damn, man. <laughs> rotten rooster. It's the rotten tomatoes of dicks. Michael, what do you got? Uh, Me? Oh, did you already go? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure did. Remember the T-Rex story uh, and the yeah. whiskey? Yeah, all right. That's great. All right. Uh, product update. Mountain Dew is reportedly coming out with a gingerbread flavor for the holidays. Oh. Mountain Dew snapped. Man, I like gingerbread. I don't know if that would be any good. I don't it's just it. ginger ale, I'm sure. I'll it's try gotta it. Be. Yeah, I'll definitely try I did try the, um, the pink lemonade one. Exclusive to Speedway. Not bad. Are they our sponsors now? Or? No. I mean, they, they do sponsor a lot of my work. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, I did finally think of something for... Uh... <laughs> what? what the fuck is going on? Okay, guys, let's talk about this. Taco Bell, what the fuck is Dude, going what on? what are they, are they doing? <laughs> they got rid of chicken. Shredded chicken. They shredded chicken. They have the diced chicken. It's bullshit. I only eat the <laughs> shredded chicken. It's the best fucking meat. Oh, my God. Taco Bell has confirmed that five more items are on their way I really out. do enjoy a me- the Mexican pizzas. I'm really kind of yeah. disappointed with so, that. They're getting I rid mean, of everything. Here's the thing. is I don't they're really... Getting, so, so starting November 5th, they're getting rid of the, the Mexican pizza, Pico de Gallo. <laughs> you get rid a of... a fucking Mexican <laughs> restaurant. Well, right. not really. Shredded chicken, shredded soft chicken taco, which is what I... <laughs> shredded chicken burrito, shredded chicken quesadilla melt, so no I can't longer get, available. So I can't get uh, fresco tacos. No, no, yeah, well, so, fuck me in the face, man. <laughs> so, so grilled steak, soft taco is gone. I fucking care. Seven you layer don't. burrito is gone. Uh, the quesarito, who fucking knows what those are, uh, is gone. Uh, Nacho Supreme. Well, how do you get rid of them? My mom so used to they get have, that in 1990. So, so they have hard shell tacos and cinnamon twists left. Um, <laughs> the beefy free, beefy Fritos burrito is gone. Spicy tostada, triple layer nachos, spicy potato. Soft I mean, here's taco. the thing though: is like it's their whole fucking menu. But it's probably based on data. They're getting rid of chips and dip, man. And the, it's probably based on data. What's their lowest selling shit? Probably this stuff. 
So, I mean, I, you know, I, I like a Mexican pizza every once How in a while. How do you get rid of Pico de Gallo? I probably eat two Mexican pizzas a year. It's not going to affect. What, what the? F- oh, sorry. Dude, <laughs> what the? F- what is that coming from? It's coming from me. No, they couldn't. <laughs> listeners couldn't hear it. Uh, wow. Yeah, I, uh, it, it's not going to affect my life at all. I mean, um, it really is. It does mine. Mad. Not really. It does. I no, want the it Pico de Gallo. Here, here's what life. Taco Bell said. Uh, currently, Mexican pizza pizza packaging accounts for over 7 million pounds of paperboard material per year in the U.S. Oh, so it's environmental? Well, I mean, no, okay. No, let's, that's, they just don't want to, they don't want to make the fucking pizzas anymore. Well, I don't think that's it. He just said why they did it. No, that, that's, they're, they're, they're doing a, ah, fuck me. <laughs> how is, well, here's take, the thing. How is here's getting a, rid okay, of here's shredded what I, chicken here's what better I don't, for the environment? Here's what I don't understand about that. So they're getting rid of the the Mexican pizza because of all the paperboard, but you're still going to sell massive plastic cups of soda. Like, yeah, you're still going to give. I'm not sure how that makes much. Forty eight ounces of so you're getting rid of the thing that actually will biodegrade at some point to the plastic that will not. Yeah, yeah, and the bio, the the Baja Blast with makes you pee infrared light. (laughs) Yeah. Check it out, man. Get a black light up in there. We'll see it. All right. I'm probably not going to do that. You guys know who Aaron Carter is? Yeah, it's Nick Carter's brother. Wow, you do know Aaron Carter. Aaron Carter is set to um, have his live debut for pornography. Of course. And neck tattoo and all. Uh, (coughs) In case 2020 wasn't weird enough, Aaron Carter is making his first He's a diet Justin Bieber. Dude, he's not even that. That's that's an embarrassment to Justin Bieber. He's he's diet he's diet coke zero of Justin Bieber. He's like diet water of Justin Bieber. <laughs> um anyway, so he's going to live stream on Cam Soda, which that's the thing. 32-year-old Aaron's party singer will eat bananas teasingly and peel some with his feet. Wait, what? What? <laughs> Boy, wait, wait. Hold, that, that back up got, noise that, dot wave. Like that, that took a turn I was not he expecting. He eat bananas what teasingly and peel some with his feet. Uh, a rep for the adult website uh, told page six. Cam said is an adult website, apparently. <coughs> um, well, I know what I'm subscribing to next month. The rep also claims he will masturbate for a live audience for the first time ever. I doubt it's for the first time. More than a couple of people. Yeah, there's there's got to be some focus group work there, right? Uh, there's gonna, <laughs> this is a practice round. The role he just, he's this just, is the role he's been waiting to play his whole life. He was made for this. He did some canvassing of the neighborhoods. Mm, he's gonna do some canvassing of a webcam near you. This Spidey web. <laughs> Yep. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Okay. I love you 3,000, sweetheart. So What? I don't know. There's something about him and his girlfriend. And I don't know. I'm not even posting this fucking story. I could give a shit. He's got a new face tattoo. I don't give a shit. It's, I don't know about his old face tattoo. Girlfriend's right? first name inked above his right eyebrow. That's a good idea. That won't You won't live to regret that. Yeah. So... 
You're going to get a tattoo of a girl you're dating on your fucking That's face. That's not a great idea. Really? No, they're engaged, so, I mean. Yeah, because Hollywood romances never go bad. I I have a feeling he's living somewhere in Orlando. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Just as my... <laughs> Just my, I have no idea, but like if I were to put this man in the state, it would be Florida and probably Orlando. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, Rob Bell, want to talk about it or do you want me to do one more? No, we're good. Okay. It's 9.15, Michael. I have to work tomorrow. It's 9.15. We all have to work yeah. tomorrow. Uh, okay. So, let me find my show notes here. Where did they go? All right. Rob Bell God. is the author of 10 books, including New York Times bestsellers. Some uh, of you may not have never heard of him. Uh, New author. Him. New author. Uh, <laughs> New to the podcast. Uh, what we talk. So his New York Times bestsellers are what we talk about when we talk about God, the Zim Zum of love, love wins. And what is the Bible? His podcast called The Robcast was named by iTunes the best of 2015. Uh, he's been profiled in The New Yorker. He toured with Oprah. And in 2011, Time Magazine named him one of the 100 most influential people in the world. Uh, he has a regular show at Largo, the legendary uh, comedy and music club in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Conan O'Brien's there right now. Um, uh, where? Largo? Largo, yeah, he's been huh. doing a show from from Largo. Uh, so Rob Bell uh, lives in Los Angeles with his wife Kristen and their three kids. Rob's latest book is called "Everything Is Spiritual." Holy it releases shit, man. Dude. September fifteenth. Pre-order it now. Get it. Buy it. We're gonna give away a copy on Twitter. Twitter.com slash Passions Podcast. How much? Did, how much did I enjoy this book? Uh, I read a copy, a PDF copy on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. I've literally, that's the first time in history I've ever yeah. read and finished a book on my phone. I yeah. generally hate I, I had PDF to, copies. I had to plow through it to finish it today. Dude. And there were moments where like, I, I need to stop and take this it's, in and I couldn't. When I read it again, I'm, it's, it's going to take forever yeah, because there's fantastic. so much there yep. to just stop and chew on. Yep. It is I, I can't oversell this. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. Go seriously buy the book. I know that we are a uh, Rob Bell fan cast. Now. <laughs> and we are. And who I, cares? I'm, I'm not going to apologize for any of that. Like he's a hero. He's a hero of, of my faith journey. I mean, yep. he's one of my spiritual fathers. So yep, absolutely. Even though we're only about two years apart in age. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He's great. Yep. And so glad to have him back on the podcast. Yeah. And such a lovely interview. Yep. Um, so without further ado, here's our conversation with Rob Bell. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Look at this. <laughs> you guys hear me? Are we good? Yeah, we can hear you. The inglorious pastors. I know. Look at them. <laughs> I, I apologize that you have to see us. Thank you for not hanging up. No. I love it. Okay, where do I, how can I see your names? Um, I don't know. I'm Michael. Michael? And then, oh, and then. I'm, uh, I'm Matt. Michael, Matt, and, and. Brad. Michael, Matt, and Brad. And where are you, you people in the world at this moment? We are in Indiana. Oh, I love it. 
I love. It. I talked. I talked to you before, correct? Yes, yeah. we we met you in Indianapolis at a hotel and interviewed in the in like a like basically a hallway in the lobby. Yeah, yeah. basically in the lobby, <laughs> next to an elevator. Yep. <laughs> all right, and now here we are. Are you each in your houses? No, we're all in the same house. We're actually at the same sitting at the same table, just at different angles. <laughs> That's funny. That's a nice effect. I did not know that. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast yeah, again, against your better judgment. <laughs> <laughs> you made you you made a huge mistake today. <laughs> <laughs> we we will help you sell maybe does a dozen books, dozens of books. Well. <laughs> We've already bought three. We're going to give away at yeah. least another one more. So you, you've got at least four four <laughs> books out of this deal, for sure. <laughs> you can take the day off and go surfing. Yes. All right. So uh, that is awesome. What do you guys normally talk about on your podcast? We talk. It's a weird like mix of um, spirit. Well, spirituality, um, mm-hmm. news, like weird news stories. Weird stories in the news, um, and just about life and music and everything. Yeah. So I think the, uh, the worst morning show you've ever heard. Um, but then we, they talk about spiritual, but then things, we talk so. about spiritual things. Yeah. yeah. But you've been doing this for a while. So somebody must like it besides the three of you. Yeah. 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 We do have more than, than four listeners. So that, that is, that is true. <laughs> do um, you do it every, you do it every week? Yes, we yeah. do it every, mm-hmm. every week. So this is episode 226. Yeah. I think. So this is like a thing. This like, did you know it would stick? No, 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 no. It, it, it grew way beyond anything. Like it, it kind of took on a life of its own, actually. Yeah. Um, there's a community, a closed Facebook group that for our supporters that has turned into like more of a church than any churches we ever worked in. Uh-huh. Um, and it, we didn't really try to do that. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, we, all we did was kind of set it up and then. And then it kind of, it sort of just went. Yeah. We started a church plant uh, and it failed. And then we started a podcast and that worked out okay. <laughs> so. oh, that is so fascinating. That's the new world right there. It really yeah. is. It is. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So huge fans. Uh, I'm, uh, we've, we've, we've told you this before. I'm wearing but, a Rob Bell t-shirt yes. right now. Are you? Are you? No. Okay. No. <laughs> I was like... I didn't know. I didn't know we were supposed to be bringing our our Rob Bell swag. I have a. I'm getting a tote an iron. Bag. I'm getting an iron iron on made next week. I have a, a everything is spiritual tote, by the way, and I think I have like the little book too. So sorry, Rob. Um, nice. So in 2006, you did a tour called Everything Is Spiritual, and we were there. Uh, Ten years later, uh, in 2016, you did another tour called Everything Is Spiritual, and we were there. And here we are four years later uh, with a new book with the same name, but each iteration diving deeper and deeper to the central idea that everything is spiritual. In the last 14 years, a lot has changed for you and for us. Um, I feel like I am a completely different person than I was uh, 14 years ago. Um, We were all working in churches at the time 14 years ago. Uh, What is this? about the idea that everything is spiritual that keeps you so intrigued. I sometimes wonder if we just, do we each have like a thing we're here to do like a, a message, a truth, a gift. And then your life in some ways is you just keep giving the same gift in slightly different forms. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, 
is it all a riff on a theme? Um, because I had this idea for Everything is Spiritual 3, what, you know, more fantastical things about the universe. But I kept going, where do these, where, where do these, where do these ideas come from? Where did, where did they come from? Like, how did I stumble into this? Why is this so deeply compelling to me? And suddenly the whiteboard was like my life. Like, that was as wondrous and mysterious. Um, and there was something about what it's been like to be me, but then the invitation for all of us is to go far enough inside of ourselves that we find everybody else to go far enough inside of you that I find myself to look at each other. Polarization, political polarization is the inability to see yourself in someone else. Um, they're just like a wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But we, Oh yeah. When I'm resentful, I tend to not make the best choices. Um, you know what I mean? Oh, I can see how if you were really angry and felt deeply left out, the whole world had changed around you. You might have a little bitterness. Um, so then it just became, well, how did I, how did I come to these ideas that have taken over my life? And the only interesting thing was to start with my grandma used to keep cash in her bra. <laughs> Greatest opening line of any book. <laughs> yeah, you kind of had me, you had me from there. In the actually. history of literature. <laughs> you know, it, and it was. There were lots of tears. There was some sort of owning of every square mm -hmm. inch of my story. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, and almost a sinking from head down into heart. And I kept picturing an audience of everything is spiritual three. And I kept thinking I could do another whiteboard, but I want to let, I would rather turn it into a mirror mm. and hold mm -hmm. it up to everybody. Look mm. at the wondrous nature of this experience that you're having. And I know it's hard and heartbreaking and I know you've had all sorts of things fall apart, but you're here. Like that is an astounding thing. So yeah. I got really intimate and personal and, this question arose, if if I told all the stories I've never told, could I make it so about me that people would find themselves in it? Yeah, man. You did a great job at that. Yeah, <laughs> you did. I, I was going to say, because like, we all, we had uh, the PDF copies of the book, and we've all read it at yeah. this point. And like, we all three were talking about it as we were reading it, kind of messaging back and forth. And it was like, man, this is like your most intimate personal book to date by far. Um, yeah. And yeah. it wasn't until you just explained that <laughs> right then that I realized that you accomplished that very thing. Like the, the whole mirror aspect of, I, I mean, I, I texted them, I finished it today and I, I, I wrote to both of them. I was like, yeah, that book is like, it's doing something. It did, did something to me and is doing something to me. Um, and I, I was actually forced to sort of confront some really difficult truths about myself. Um, and it, I, I felt, I feel like just after reading it one time, like it 20% freer and lighter, if that uh, makes sense. I, oh man, that means so much to me. Uh, I mean, I gotta, I actually, have, I gotta have like an inglorious pastor's pause for a second yeah that's right. <laughs> that. i mean i actually did like it actually for a, there was a section where you were talking about um 
uh, like some of the changes you've gone through and all this. And, and I actually started tearing up like there yeah. was so much be, not because of like, oh, man, poor Rob. But it was more like, <laughs> dude, I mean, it, it literally was like uh, holding a mirror up to me. I don't yeah. know how you I, don't, I honestly don't know how you did that. Like, it's almost like a weird freaking magic trick that you pulled. <laughs> I, I feel like you've been really good at that for a while. I remember you talking years ago, just randomly. I don't know if it was like a, if it was a Robcast or a different podcast about spiral dynamics. And I think even around this table, yep. all three of us read the book and we all came away with different conclusions about what we thought it, you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but, okay, but, yeah. but it was exactly what we needed to hear. Yeah. So each of us good. got something different out of it. And, and I know we're, we're buttering your bread here, but it, you, you did a really great job at it and you it's like it's like that you should do this as a profession i know have you ever thought about writing any other books <laughs> well i i i came from a tradition that was so stuck in its head yep it it prized the intellect mm. do you have it arranged properly yep like in the book i tell about my ordination exam didn't <laughs> yes. ask me like are you an asshole? Right. You know what I mean? Like there, yes. there was nothing about the incar- incarnation of all this. It was like, do you know the stuff, the proper stuff? And there's something, the only way forward is that we open up our hearts to each other. Mm-hmm. It's the only, it's the only way forward. Cynic, the cynicism thing didn't work. The yeah. Iran, yeah. ironic rolling of the eyes, the, Oh, that's so lame. That's derivative. That's, that whole thing everybody tried, it didn't work. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Like, um, my, my son and I were just talking. I was like, you know what word's going to have a comeback? Earnest. Mm. Like somebody cares about something. They orient themselves around it. They give themselves to it. And it's just very straightforward. Yeah. yeah. And you go, oh, yeah, thank you. There's something almost... Like the modern world, it like doubled. It somehow collapsed in on itself in some of these ways. And so, I wanted in the in the book to to be like, we're here. This is an extraordinary experience we're having. There's a lightness. Blessed is the one who's in on the joke. We're on a <laughs> ball floating through space, hurtling through space at sixty-seven thousand miles an hour. You know what I mean? The yeah, Earth is rotating yeah. at a thousand miles an hour. There is no up or down. Those are all constructs. Um, Let's let's hold this a bit looser, and now you can like really throw yourself into it. Yeah, as Pete Pete Pants says, and I'm tired of not talking about it. (laughs) And I'm tired of not talking about. There's an absurdity to this whole thing that is actually the way into the divine. Yeah, Uh, it it kind of reminds your book is it it kind of seems to me like it's one. I, I will I won't say what it means because. It's like we just talked about. It kind of means different things. One thing I took out of it was there's essentially a couple of different ways to see the world. One is um, everything is fucked and irredeemable and we're kind of all just hurtling toward death. Another way to look at it is we're hurtling toward death, but like look around you. Right. I mean, so there's like there's you know, I mean, there's so there's you me talking about the book. You we're all going to die. Like everybody knows this, but it seems like there's two ways to look at, and I, I'm, I'm very guilty of being the cynic at times. Um, it comes very naturally to me, unfortunately, and I've had to fight it. And that's actually one of the things reading the book that some of that was starting to break down in me 
um, because I've come to the realization recently that I, I can't, I can't continue that. Like I just, it's yes, right. Be, being cynical and 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 angry and 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 hateful and it, I mean I. I can blame it on the last four years, but at the same time, it's, it's way deeper than that. Um, realizing that my cynicism is essentially just a, a defense mechanism to not feel intimacy with everything around me, essentially. So like your book definitely <laughs> did that to me, but can you talk about like these two ways of seeing the world of yeah. meaningless, dead, like, and then being having wonder and awe. I mean, there's essentially just the two ways you can see, see this place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At some, at, at some level, there are those two ways. I mean, at some level, if everybody's going to, then just, then just leave now. What's the point? Right. Um, and, and that actually raises larger questions about space and time. The, the, the soul, this place that we actually live from is, is it really like you die and then it's over is is that is everything we know about science only ever told us that there's less? No, <laughs> right. everything that we know yeah. is always that there's more. They split an atom and discovered that they split a particle and discovered well, actually that particle is made of some even smaller particles. Everything in every direction is only about more. Yeah, there's more. It's deeper. There's other layers. There's no biologist that's like, yeah, we pretty much found all the species. <laughs> or they're now saying that the, the ocean is 5% explored. Like every sea creature you've ever seen comes from 5% of, of the ocean. Jeez. So and people say there's no Leviathan. I don't want to hear that shit. Yep. <laughs> he, he's, out, yeah. he's out there somewhere. Yes, exactly. Nessie's so, there. So then, so then you think about consciousness and, and the four of us right now embodied consciousness the idea that this consciousness is somehow so tied to this body that when it stops breathing, that's over, seems like an extremely narrow view that goes against everything that we actually have factually been learning. Even string theorists who talk about needing 11 dimensions mm -hmm. for this world to be how it is. So then you, you just start thinking, I mean, we all showed up here and... <laughs> Who knows what? Uh, there's another round. Um, you go in, you go out, you go. Um, so, so some of that, some some of the answer to your question is just just sticking with the facts. Right. It's it, if you're gonna roll the dice, roll the dice on wonder and awe. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, you might as well. And then, this is all the stuff that moves us. Um, we're we're. They're sort of like, ah, there's nothing. It's all pointless. God, the people who make that point sure make it with a great deal of passion like it matters. <laughs> yeah. Even the insistence that none of this matters is often spoken with a great deal of conviction. So, yeah, that even is a bit susceptible, suspect. Yeah, I think I think the, the critic um, is, is what kills wonder. Uh, I found that. So if, if we can hold back the critic a little bit, and you even say in the book, there's a quote that says, the moment you pin down the butterfly yeah. so that you can carefully study it is the exact moment in which that butterfly can no longer fly. And I think, I think if we hold loosely to these things, 
we can find wonder again. And and that for me was what I loved about your book. I I also really loved your book, uh, how to be here as well. Cause that brought me that, that sense of presence as well. I, I, and I think that's when things started slowing down for me in terms of yeah. the world yeah, around yeah. me. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think you're exactly right with the, the butterfly. Um, once it's pinned down, yeah, it loses its ability to fly. Yep. And all this is related to time. I love what you said about slowing down. Um, if you go up and live on a mountain and I live down in the valley, time will, you'll experience more time than me. A yeah. person with a watch and an airplane and a person with a watch on the ground, the watch runs faster on the airplane. So the closer you are, you all know this. So, um, no, it is, I, actually, I think, actually have a question asking you to talk to us about time because I love it. Every time you talk about it, it blows my I mind think, and I love it. Um, it's freaky. And there, even the way that light reflects off your, the light cones of your eyes. So when someone says, what, what are you doing right now? And I tell somebody what you're doing right now. I'm actually, because it t- takes time for the light to reflect off the lies. I'm actually saying what you did just a millisecond earlier. So even now is not something that can be pinned down. That time is actually relative, and there is no now. Because someone on a different planet, a different solar system, there is no way to link up these two things and say, well, now. Because there is no now, because now is defined by planets mm-hmm. and objects. So even think about a 24-hour day, which is the sun and the earth. Or you think about a month, the earth and the moon. Your concept of time comes from objects. No planets, no time. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I actually think this is the, the great next thing everybody's going to be talking about because over the past six months with the world sort of put on hold in <laughs> some ways, somebody mentioned November to me recently and I was like, that's a concept at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a loose constellation of ideas as far as I'm, I mean, think about how many people have you you have talked to about how weird time has gotten over the past six months. Yep. Yeah. Uh, slowing down, speeding up, flexible, bendy. Um, and the only thing that goes on forever is now. So regret stuck in the past, worry stuck in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only, even all of your memories you can only access right now. So, I think you're going to see what the, what industrial relation did is it turned time into these units that are good for producing things. So for many people in the modern world, like the eight hour workday, which was a brand new idea in human history, right? which was time and what it can produce for you. But prior to the industrial age, people didn't think about time for what it produced. They, you had seasons, you had moments, events, and, uh, so I think I think more and more people are going to realize that presence in this moment is where all the action ever was. Yeah. And you're going to see people slow down. You're going to see people realize what exactly were we doing when we were rushing around all that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you've seen a lot of that during COVID. With yep. like you've seen people going, I I could have just been working from home the entire time, like. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You know, like the, I didn't <laughs> right. need the office. Like, what the hell? What were we I didn't doing? Need to sit like, in traffic for an hour. I mean, there really has been a lot of that where it's just been like, what? It almost is just unmasked kind of the lunacy of, yes, of what yes. our culture has, is that we've just kind of accept. Well, consumerism, right. capitalism, the whole buying things that you don't right. need, and right. you couldn't do that right. anymore. So you, so you, uh, is it Brad in my bottom right hand corner? Is that Brad? Right. 
No. Brad is waving. I'm waving. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you mentioned the past. You mentioned the past four years. Yeah. This guy who lives in a tower, not a metaphor, right. <laughs> decides he's going to be the president, completely hijacks one of the two main parties, sends pretty much every institution into a tailspin of sorts, pre-even the handling of this cr- crisis, this right. pandemic. Um if that guy can do that, apparently the whole thing is way more malleable <laughs> than anybody first realized. You can have zero competence and no wisdom or character and take over massive public institutions. Like in a, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so what you're saying about people going to the office and such, this whole thing was constructed, so much of it, by other people. Yep. And it can be unconstructed. Um, and I th- think you're seeing people realize, wait, we were just living according to that assumption. That was an assumption at best. Maybe upgrade it to a rule, but it's just a rule somebody made that we went, I guess that's the rule. Right. Um, and so this upheaval has hidden in its underbelly a liberation from all of the assumptions that everybody was like, yeah, that's just how it works. Like why in a presidential debate is there not on the screen next to the person debating a list of all the companies they receive money from? Right. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't yeah. that just be a basic? Right. Like it's a representative democracy. Yeah. So who do you receive money from? Cause that would be really important to know listening to what you're saying. Yeah. Um, think about all the super basic things that people have just decided at different times in history. Women should be allowed to vote. You're right. Let's do that. Um, I, I, I think we're on the front edge of something so massive that involves work and economics and how we think about credit and debt and oh i think it's yeah yeah we're just scratching the surface i think that's we've talked about that actually on the on the pod like a few times just the idea that i I don't really want to talk about him a ton um but uh by the way by the way it's a and it's a good i found it a very helpful spiritual exercise to not say the name. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't. I picked up gives, on that in the book. It gives a power. It's very, it very Harry, certain... it's very Harry Potter of you. Yeah, <laughs> very Harry Potter, very Book of Revelation actually. Yeah, it's yeah. also yeah, that. Exactly. But you know, I, I, one of the things we talked about is that if there's anything good, well, not if there's anything. There, there's another change of of heart reading reading your. There book. you go. It, what good is that is going to come out of this? Is the fact that, um. It is, it's showing, it's, it's unmasking. He has unmasked things that have been in place for a long time. He yes. just doesn't have tact yes. and he just says them out loud. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and just does it instead of what it's, it's all been hidden and now it's not hidden anymore. And you can't like, I mean, you can't cut out so many of the cancers that this, that this country has until you expose them for what Absolutely. they are. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and so which is the word apocalypse? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that word in the, over the last four years so much, like that it is, it is apocalyptic. It is an unveiling and unmasking of yep. so many yep. terrible things, yep. Yep. and you're seeing people rise up and going, "There, we can't keep doing this. There has to be something right. else and something right. better." Yeah. Um, I'm. Gonna, have you, Rob? Let me ask you a question here. <laughs> Have you? Well, that's what he's here for. Yeah. So, have you seen the movie The Last Jedi? 
Star Wars. Uh, which one is that? Is that the newest that, one? No, it's the the eighth one, the one before last. Yeah. Okay. So with the red when they're like in that like yes, desert yeah, area, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Direct, direct. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so one of my favorite parts of your book is um, related to a scene in the Last Jedi. So that's when you talk about the you behind the you. In mm-hmm. in the Last Jedi, there's a scene where Rey is trying to search for her true self, and she get, ends up in this cave. And uh, when she gets down there, people think it's so weird, but she sees an infinite line of different versions of herself. Yes. Um, and this idea has been marinating in my mind for <laughs> the last few years, and you totally laid it out for me. I, and I'm sure the last shit I had nothing to do with why you talked about the you behind the you. But could you talk about the you behind the you and the different yeah, yeah. evolutions well, of ourselves? Well, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and... And in, in Buddhism, they would talk about the observer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you sit in observance. Um, you, the witness. So there's the you having the experience. And then there's the you who can observe yourself having this emotion, this feeling, this. Um, so oftentimes people will say, I'm angry. And what can often happen is a person gets completely caught up in a particular experience overwhelmed to the point where they identify with the emotion. I'm angry, as opposed to, oh, look, there's anger. And the moment it's, oh, look, anger, you are witnessing to the anger. Mm -hmm. So the question becomes, who's witnessing to the anger? Apparently, there's a part of you that transcends the anger. Well, if you spent more time grounding and centering yourself in the one who can witness to the anger, you'd probably handle your anger a little better. Uh, and then you have the one who can witness to the one observing the experience you're having. So uh, in the contemplative and, and, and the meditative traditions, that's what that is, is you are learning to ground and center yourself in the you behind the you behind the you. And no matter how many, and the you observing the you observing the you, observing you having the experience, no matter how many times you step back, you can always step back once more. So there's something about the self that is infinite. So in the same way that how far out does the universe go? Well, how far in do you go? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And so you, Jedi, you'd often see some of these echoes of Buddhism in, in the Star Wars films. And yeah, um, that's a classic case where she's the witness of the witness of the witness, um, which... Man, oh man, this the life changing uh, yeah. as you begin to realize you don't have to be a slave to whatever you're feeling in the moment. You can you can allow the feeling to move through you without judgment. Oh look, I am really really off today, huh? <laughs> look at that. I wonder what that is. <laughs> yeah, no need for all that judgment and heaviness and what's wrong and what happened and am I. Just, oh, look, there's an indestructible me that apparently can witness to all of it. And I, I think also if you scale back a little bit on that idea, <laughs> if people are having trouble identifying the observer, uh, think of it as your your current self versus who you were, you know, 10, 15, seven years ago. You know, you were a totally different person on a cellular level. Um, and I think if you can, if you can identify the difference between you now and then you can start to peel back and realizing 
in realizing that, that you are not the same person and, and you can dissect the different versions of yourself. I mean, what you just did, it's funny because we just put out a Robcast episode today, which was about thinking about yourself 10 years ago and thinking about yourself mm-hmm. in 10 years. And what you just did there, that's actually amazing. You and whatever you're, 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 there's a self behind the self behind the self who can move around in time. Yeah. Who can observe 10 years earlier, can, can wonder about 10 years in the future. Uh, that's, that's we, uh we are the multiverse astounding there you go yeah. <laughs> so uh okay midnight oil resistance and joy go Ooh, yeah that, that was such a great section I, I i we've got to talk about resistance and joy yeah when i was 19 i went to this the diesel and dust tour this australian band midnight oil who they at their protest songs about environmental degradation and aboriginal rights and corporate greed but i'll never forget that show because they 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 rage they rage against the machine i mean they they're in some ways channeling the ancient prophetic tradition speaking speaking up speaking the truth and yet it was so joyous and fierce and celebratory and passionate um, all at the same time. And my, my 19 year old Rob Bell self was like, wait, 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 this is resistance and it's shaking its fist, but it's also dancing in like a, there's a defiance and a euphoria and celebration that are sitting side by side with this band. I just completely blew my mind. Like, could you subvert the system with a smile on your face? <laughs> I mean, that, it just brought these two things together that I'd never seen together. And, yeah, 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 I, I'm still recovering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what happened. And, and I, it's, I think it's so interesting how the person that you become, you look back and see these moments when these seeds got planted. And at the time... I mean, when I was 19, I don't know how much I was processing of that. It's just you look back and realize, oh, the person I became, there are all these moments back there that I can find that help shape and tilt it in this direction. Yeah. And then they just released new music after whatever, 17 or 18 years (laughs) without releasing anything like a couple weeks ago. So. See what I'm saying? Wonder and all, my man. <laughs> um, you talk about how you found the enduring truth that there's nothing to prove. Um, yeah, I think it's something we've all wrestled around, wrestled with around mm-hmm. this table. Um, how how has that concept that there's nothing to prove? How has it shaped you? Yeah, the that energy that you and some sometimes it's in some senses it's first half and second half of life because when you're young you do I have what it takes can I cut it you know the hustle yeah yeah and so some of it may be just the turning of life stage where that's not those questions aren't as compelling as they used to be you're not haunted or driven by some of those questions um I know for me the this idea I talk about in the book of when I was, I guess that was late twenties, early thirties of the interior journey was like, Whoa, 
you're you don't just have to be like a churned up ambiguous hairball of impulses and drives you can actually go in there and there are professionals who can help you like figure out why why do i react to that person why do i do this why do i have these habits i mean that for me was a mind-blowing idea that that there was like an interior journey you could go on oh my word i would tell anybody who would listen dude you don't have to live wondering why you do the things you do. Uh, <laughs> and that was, that was part of it was discovering like, what, what am I, what am I trying to prove here? Exactly. It just suddenly became kind of bored. This idea became kind of boring. Um, but joy, like, where's the joy? Like, where's, um, if you got something to prove, I mean, that, that can get you up in the morning for a little while. That can push you for a little while. It gets you somewhere down the road, but it doesn't really sustain you long term. But the sense of wonder and awe, the sense of I can't believe I get to try this. Uh, talking to you guys, this is fantastic. I typed some stuff. I typed some stuff last year, and now we're having this conversation. How amazing is that? <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, you get better and better. You can find it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just so glad funny. you're finding some joy in this conversation. Yeah, that's right. Pretty, that's pretty I, love yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, the, to create, I am more in awe of the process than ever. You say some stuff, and some people out there it connects with them. What an amazing, yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. This feels like my first book, meaning like it feels like the the first time. Yeah, Maybe. right. I, I think that vulnerability, which really comes through, it feels like it's something new. Even even though you've talked about everything is spiritual, this time it went deeper in your your vulnerability in it. And I heard you talking to I think it was Liz Gilbert uh, when she was like she she just mentioned it in one of your conversations with her, and I was like, oh, uh, just it, she mentioned that you were had a, something you were working on talking about your family. And I'm like, I, we don't know about your family. We've heard little bits and pieces, but never the depth of which, uh, uh of what you came out of. You never know? about the money that your grandma kept. We in did her not bra. know about no. your My grandma kept her bra. Yeah. yeah right. I, I remember when I was typing and realized because I grew up, my, my dad has lost his brother and his dad. Like there were people missing. Right. Yeah. Um, when I came, when I was typing that and realized, oh, that's why the why questions of suffering aren't interesting. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I had a moment of like, oh, because I came into a story where people were not here and there were no explanations. It just was. Um, and like that moment of, realization maybe that's why i've just never i was always much more interested in what was going to happen out of the suffering so people were like what's that word people use theodicy Ugh. um like there was all these sort I don't of think i'm ever going to get an, i don't think i'm ever going to get an erection again after hearing that <laughs> exactly exactly they God. just take all the talk about pinning the butterfly down yeah, i just right. never found any of that why is no. the um, even the very sophisticated arguments about why is there suffering and pain in the world, I always just because it's a world. Yeah. Like it would have, it would have to be free to break your heart. Otherwise, it couldn't light your heart on fire. Like I, um, I, I always had this sort of come on, let's get to the real stuff, let's get to the real magic, and so that even just telling those stories and it was an extraordinary experience. Oh yeah, of course. Of course, that's why. Yeah, it's like if you could get it. If you, 
I think about this years like because I went through a lot of that. Like when I I burned out in youth ministry years ago, um, and went to it wasn't I wasn't curled up in the fetal position in my office like you describe of yourself, but it was definitely <laughs> like a similar a uh-huh. similar experience where it was just like man, I I just I I have nothing. I have nothing left. Like I'm just completely done and like. I had a lot of those why questions and I only now years and years and years later do I go, I mean, it's not like if I had the answers to those questions, if I, if, if, if God himself came down and said, this is, this is why suffering exists. It's not like it'd make me feel any better. Like you still are going to feel the pain that you're going through. So like, who gives a shit? I mean, it doesn't like having the answer like, isn't even remotely going to help. Right, 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 right. I've always felt that way about like when people would go through something difficult and be like, I just want to know why like somebody got cancer, which is horrible and tragic and terrifying. But why did I get it? Are you ser- are you seriously asking? Right. Uh, do you want to know? Because um, the answer is probably completely random. Just the premise behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, did um, our man Brad seize up? I'm, I'm still here, but my. Oh, okay. yeah, you did freeze up. A yeah, little. I don't know what's look, going though, on. Is it? Yeah, yeah probably not. I think his point was quite profound. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so profound it broke the computer. Yeah. Uh, I had another question about um, I- identities. Um, you say we craft these identities, and when we cling to them, uh, grasping them for a sense of security, they give us, and then we let them go, and new identities form. Uh, sometimes around who we are and sometimes around who we aren't. Um, and so I wrote this next question and, and the question is, uh, what is your identity? Who is Rob Bell? Is the answer I am the ultimate goal of, is that the ultimate goal of identity is to be, I am. And then I flip the page and you literally start talking about that part, <laughs> that, that section in the Bible where, where, uh, God and Moses are having that conversation. So, so what, <laughs> What is the ultimate goal of identity? There's a goal. I don't know. I mean, uh, I feel like we're we're Who cares? Pro- progress- You don't care. Is that you're, it? You're even, you're just, even bored with the question. Look it's at you. just we. It's you're right. You're you're exactly right. It, so is the so is it just to be just just simply to be? Is that? I mean, be? you can you can grab hold of these. I'm a this. I'm a that. That's fine. Yeah. Your guys in Indiana, fine. You're, <laughs> you're you're a Star Wars fan, fine. Yeah, great. What yeah. what but, do you but, what do you do with those labels? So so Christian, mystic, radical. Um, who cares? Just so boring. <laughs> Thank God. So boring. I love you so much. Honestly, you're so you're so bo- we're all so this bored. This stuff. Yeah. Any yeah. I mean, ever any time I meet, you know, the person who just has to tell you they're. I'm a I'm a progressive Christian. Great. Tell me about the Baptist church you grew up in. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, it's it's it. fine. It's fine. It's lovely. It, it's fine. It's training wheels. It's it's great. But it's not. You're just swapping out. Yeah. Um, so so uh, I mean I'm a dad. Um, I'm married. I am a resident of the city of Los Angeles. Like it's great. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's all part of it. But. It's the cling. It's the clinging and grasping yeah. that you feel at heart level. Yeah, that this is somehow a person is trying to get out of all of these wonderful particulars of our life. Something those particulars can never actually deliver. 
So yep. that's the that's uh, the, what's you can feel it in your question. The question yeah. is, how, how do I be here and be present and not cling and grasp and try to get out of things things those things could never deliver? Yeah. Um, which which brings us back to an experience of the present moment. Um, you're doing this now. You'll do that then. Uh, you may give yourself to some new work. You, there may be new people in your lives. That's all. I mean, that's where all the the interesting joy of things is. Mm-hmm. You're seeing where it takes you. Would you say that seeing is forgetting the name of the thing one sees? <laughs> <laughs> that is the best book ever. I, I yes. bought it. I bought it. I started reading it this weekend. Uh, it, um, so good. Give it maybe 100 pages in, and then the second time you read it, it takes a couple read, literally a couple readings before that book. Whew. Man, oh man. I think yeah. my bookshelf was like three quarters of things that Rob Bell recommended. Yeah. I'm like 90% sure of that. <laughs> Just anytime you put a bibliography in a book, I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> Hello, Amazon. Well, I, I actually have a question based on a book you recommended years ago. So Matt and I were at a, I, we talked to you about this, I think, the first time we had you. Our, all, all of our listeners are rolling their eyes. I know. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. The, we were at Honey Rock Camp with you for like a week up in Wisconsin. Um, and you recommended a book called Glittering Images by Susan Hawatch. Oh, yeah. Why are your listeners rolling their eyes Because we already? talk about this shit story. all the time. We've told so, this story. Rob, this is a Rob Bell fan cast. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> What's the um, story... Oh, so I told you you should read Susan Howitt. Right. And so, like, it was the first time I'd been introduced to that idea of, like, the glittering image, like the the face mm-hmm. you put on, but then mm-hmm. whatever's going on behind that. And interestingly enough, I thought about that book while I was, while I was reading this book, while I was reading Everything is Spiritual, because you kind of talk about a little bit about that in yourself with that, because you, you talk about the fact that you have, like, I mean, obviously you have this persona. You're Rob Bell. Okay, so you're... The speaker guy, the answer guy, you're friends with Oprah, you're, you know, whatever, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, whoever every, that guy, I don't even want to have anything to do with that, whatever you're, what? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? This like, is a you, new segment of the podcast, Friends of Oprah. You know, you, you, but you also talk about, you also talk about, I mean, you, you know, when you were at, um, when you were a, a, a pastor, you know, every week you're speaking at church or whatever, and you have like this image I mean, we all dealt with that as pastors. I mean, not on the level that you did by any stretch, but like this idea that like you have this image that you almost by nature of your job have to put out when you're in when you're in ministry. Um, But then you also talk about what was going on, like, you know, you're sitting in these meetings and you're having to give these answers for things. But at the same time, internally, you're like dying. You know, because they're they're talking about shit that you don't even really want to talk about. I mean, I I was I had some really good flashbacks to some meetings that I was sitting in back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can you talk about that idea of like how do we get past that glittering image to whatever to that real nugget that what the soul I guess of what is inside you? Like, how do you how do we get past that? Because I, I feel like I think it's. I think Pete Rollins, one of the fa- my favorite things he ever said is we're all walking propaganda posters. <laughs> Which is a very Pete Rollins thing to say. But like, <laughs> like we have this image, we have this thing that we put out, but there's, there's, a, there's a, a, a different truth underneath. So like, how do we get past that? Um, 
you probably start by having space in your life where you aren't listening to something or taking something in, but there are wide open spaces when you can actually listen to what's happening inside of you. Right. So I have way, way, way more time. I spend way more time listening to why does that person set me off and what is this some sort of unresolved something that's just sitting right there? What is that? Mm-hmm. And and you follow it. You fo- I always say you follow it back to its cave. <laughs> right. uh, what is it? What's it? Where does it come from? What's it? Is it a fear? Is it a worry? Is it a stress? Is it a hatred, anger, loss? Am I grieving something? Um, so I don't know if I, I, I don't. The idea of image or the idea, um, I just tried to follow what, where the life was. And I remember somebody said something. This was probably early, my early thirties. Said something like. Well, if you hand over all those responsibilities, I mean, I mean, how how are you going to be able to do that? And and I remember realizing, oh, for them, this was like a like a goal. Like, don't you want to be the head person who has all this power? Why would you right. hand it away? And I remember thinking, I can't hand this away fast enough. <laughs> so, there is somebody else who would love doing this. This, this is what they're here to do. Um, why would I get in the way of somebody who would love to do this and do it way better and shine and take it places I never could? Um, but I remember thinking, oh, the person who was asking me that, I'm not playing that game. That's <laughs> right. just fundamentally not interesting to me. Um, I want a sense of wonder and awe about my own life. And I have some things I think I'm here to do, so I'm going to go do them. And there's some things over here that I happen to be doing at the moment that, like in the book I talk about, I'm not here to do that. And that's okay. And I'm so thrilled that these people here in this meeting do this. They're very good at it. They should be doing this. Wonderful. Um, but I can't continue to pretend. So um, in my experience, most people, if you create a little space and some quiet and there aren't the usual distractions that intuitive the christ within you the 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 deep wisdom the christ wisdom it's amazing to me how quickly people can access it they ask you a question i do these sessions um well here in person although in the world where now i do them on zoom where people we do these sessions where they tell me what they're working on and how they're stuck Mm -hmm. and then we watch them get unstuck but the number of people who we just sit for a moment and I sometimes invite them to sink down into their heart or I'll ask them what's what's sitting on top of your heart. Just different little images, little ways of thinking about it spatially. How many people have this giant question or this restlessness yeah. and then they can find it like that. Yep. They've been trying to write. I mean, I, I, people who've been trying to write a book for a decade and they can't figure out how it ends. And then just some quiet and get out of that chattering mind into heart. And they're like, oh, there it is. Yeah. And you think about you think about the Western culture for, what, 1,600 years has had this idea of original sin floating around, of that which is deepest within you is off. Yeah. And no wonder people don't trust 
their deepest Christ knowing. Yep. They've been, and that's not a religious, that's a cultural. Yep. Uh, whatever you do, don't trust your deepest self because that's suspect. But the moment people are invited to trust and to actually listen, it's unbelievable how quickly people are like, I shouldn't be here. I should be there. I need to do that. Like, it all just... Yeah, so any practice, any way you can organize your life, turn off the stereo in your car and just go there in silence. And yeah. by the time you get there, you're suddenly a whole thing has revealed itself. Yeah, that's how it works. I think we've got one more serious question, and then I have a bunch of rapid-fire, like, <laughs> inside baseball garbage, questions. Garbage like. questions. No, it's, I, it's garbage, garbage time. I just want you to know, I want to know that you have asked all the questions you really want to ask. Hey, hey Rob, yeah, we have five that. pages of questions in front of us. You say that, like, front and back sheets here. <laughs> Like okay, so, so good. retract that good. statement right now. <laughs> good. I want to make sure we've covered that. We're definitely not going to get to all of them, but I I have some some inside baseball ones I definitely want to get into. Okay, good. <laughs> Matt, you first. Well, I want to. Say, I mean, you say in the book we can easily end up at odds with our own story, at war with our own history, and not knowing what to do with certain parts. And I know there's a lot of people that listen to us, and I know that probably the three of us have this as well. What do you do with the bad bits of your story? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what were your assumptions when you arrived here? That you would just nail it on the first try? <laughs> like, how did you think it would go? Yeah. That you would just suddenly know how to be who you are? Like, you would, like money? Like, you would just, every dollar would have been spent exactly if you were to go over and do it again? You would spend it all exactly? How, did, were you here before? Did you have a first crack at this? <laughs> so we're car- so oftentimes we're carrying around these assumptions: love, sexuality, money, power. What you're going to do with your energies? What? Where did did where did anybody get the idea that somehow you would just arrive here and know how to do this? Um, like <laughs> that's funny. This friend of mine the other day he was like, "Why is growth so hard?" And I was like, "Compared to what?" <laughs> like, <did> he- <laughs> Did you have some other experience somewhere else that you're comparing this to? So it's like you have to just set yourself free from all of it. Um, you, get, you were giving it your best shot. So, so the, the much more interesting thing to me is how, like when someone says that's a bad part, how do you know it's a bad part? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. what is it within you that whatever that was, you have some sense that things could be better. Where did you get that sense? Or think about the person who grew up in a setting that was very soul crushing. Um, like, a, like I, um, sometimes I meet people who um, were in a, were in something like cult ish and they came out of it. And I'll ask them, did everybody you were in this situation with, did they all leave as well? No, they're all still in it. Okay, so you were raised in a setting that that told you this is how the world is, and something within you, in spite of all of the programming and voices and authoritative witness around you, something within you said, no, this is too narrow, too constrictive, too degradating, whatever it is, degrading. And you had the 
courage and the spinal fortitude to follow that inner knowing and leave in spite of all of the penalties for doing so. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, as opposed to how, co- why was I a part of that? How, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the much better question, yep. what is it within you that is so strong and powerful you trusted it in spite of everything in your external world being aligned against that? Yeah. Um, so to everybody who's like, I don't know what to do with this part or that part, but you're not back there. You didn't, I went through this, I went through that. Yes, you went through it. That's what's interesting. That's actually quite fascinating. Yep. Um, so you had some trust that there is something better. So what is that telling you now? Uh, you should probably trust that because mm-hmm. I got you this far. Yeah. Yeah, you got to, we get to own every square inch of our story. And that, like in the book, I wanted people, that's a feeling as much as a technique or a list or tools or a, or a concept. That's like a, that's a feeling that it was all part of it. And, and you can call it bad and horrible and degrading. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can call it whatever it was. Yeah, definitely, for sure do. Um, and yet you're here, and it's shaped you into who you are. Yep. And yeah, you, you transcend and you include. Yeah, I was just about to say <laughs> that. It reminded yeah. me of Richard Rohr, man. In, in, include and, or transcend and include or include and transcend. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's it's so, very it's very difficult to do, but it is a freeing experience. I mean, I can speak from personal experience with mm-hmm. that. That it is there is uh, there is a freedom on the other side of that. To that kind of uh, I guess we could call it the walking through the shadow of death, the valley of the shadow of death, so to speak. You know, and you come out on the other side of that, and you go, "Oh, I feel like I can breathe." Yeah. Hmm. So. Yeah, and it's important to agree with yourself. So if you're like, man, you really made a mess of that, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Don't fight it. Or that that relationship was a train wreck. I know. Yeah, don't don't disagree with it. I know. And we survived it. Look where we are now. And actually, all the things the person has gone through, they tune your ear to the aches and pains of life. I think of all the people that come your way and they express their own wounds, pain and such, and you know what they're talking about. So you can see it as, what do I do with this? Or you can see it as a point of connection. Yeah, I know what that person's talking about. Yeah, I know. Uh, Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. You can see it as human solidarity, which is all what we want anyway. We want somebody to, to... come alongside us we want to meet somebody and look each other in the eyes and i get what you're talking about yeah it's actually what what is one of the most powerful human experiences yeah i think that's actually been the what's been the most amazing thing about the the it's it's called the pastor's pub on facebook it's the closed facebook group is that there is so much of that there's somebody will post something you're like i'm not even really looking for answers but you'll have so many people just saying yeah i've been there yeah. Yep. Solidarity. Yeah. We want to know it, we're not alone. Yeah. And it's just yeah. been a, it's been a beautiful thing to see. So. All right. Here's my inside baseball questions. Are, are you ready? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Are you, are awful. you in the back house right now? Yeah. Yes! My son has essentially taken it over. Uh, so I normally am in the front yard. 
but today I was like, it's the Inglorious Bastards, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you, I mean, do you want the tour? There's a, a Vox AC15. There's some guitars. There's an American oh Jazz goodness. Master. There's an old, what's that? An old Mustang bass. There's a Vintage Guild. There's a drum set. Oh there's gosh. a... That's a 610 Pleasant Pheasant made out of recycled foam, that board. There's a 7.6 Wes Holderman in the ceiling. I think there's a board over here. Here's an 8-foot almond. Um, there's a desk over there. You see what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. you asked. You want yes. inside baseball? Yeah. Okay. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. A picture, a poster of me when I was 13. <laughs> Okay. So good. All right. My my next this is the oh, content the way, we're all okay. here for. You, you know what? You know what? Now it's my turn. I'm gonna keep going. This <laughs> is on the wall. This is a Roger Daltrey album cover. Can you see that? You know what? No, no we we can't actually see. It. I don't think your camera's on. Wait, my camera's not on. No. <laughs> it's not been on this entire. It's time. not been on this entire time. That is so weird. We assumed we assumed that was by design, yeah. so we didn't. So that's anything. why I asked if you were in the in the in the in the back house. I didn't know. Um, all right. Um, How do I? I thought we were all doing like faces and all. I was watching your faces. Yeah. We. I don't see no, you. It won't let me. My. Oh my goodness, that's so weird. Yeah. Um, that's all right. It, it's, it's. It won't let me do. Oh, there oh. he is. Hey. hey. There you are. Yay. <laughs> this whole time, I thought we were looking each other in the eyes. No. Okay. okay. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Can you see the Roger Daltrey? Wow. That is awesome. Boy, that is Fantastic. something. You see why that album is framed is, Rob, there's nothing you can do that you won't survive. Yeah. <laughs> A half man, half horse album cover. I mean, that... okay. So when I was showing you everything, guitars and drums yeah. and surfboards, you guys were just staring at Blake's screens. That's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely okay. Unembarrassable, but that's embarrassing. Uh, it's all good. Oh, okay. Anyway, inside baseball. Okay, so I want to know. You mentioned several times over the last few years uh, about this television show. Uh, a novel that you wrote and then in hopes of turning into a TV show. I'm so curious. I've always wanted to know, will it ever see the light of day? Can you tell us the premise or at least tease? Give us some, some teasers. Um, there's a novel called Millones Cojones. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, it's that there's that, um, that just is whatever it is. There is a TV show, Carlton Hughes, who made right. the show lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He and I created a show and we sold it to ABC and they've never done anything with it. It sits on a shelf. A, the script can, for the pilot episode. Can you say the premise? Can you say the premise? It's about a high school music teacher who there's a school shooting, and he jumps in front of the shooter and saves everybody's life and becomes a hero overnight. Oh. Um, and so he starts getting invited to speak, and turns out he's very good at speaking. <laughs> Dude, the look on your face. I love it. I'm really glad we got the camera for that. Not going to lie. I love uh, it. And, and he's lost his wife to an illness, and he's um, been through some heartbreak, and he's trying to raise his kids as a single dad, and all of a sudden he's... So, so uh, yeah, that, that good Lord, that was seven or eight years ago. So that's 
Um, and then there was, yeah, there's, uh, there's a couple plays. Um, yeah. And one of them right now is being developed to, to be in New York. So you could like go see the play. So yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, let me see here. Uh, when, when, what are you doing, Michael? I, I, I had a really good question. When, when, Spoiler. Did you know that when you're going to write your mo- most personal book to date, that it would contain so much talk about sperm? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, laughed out loud. My wife was like, is, is something in there funny? I was like, uh, yeah. Like that whole section, man, I was I'm not dying. Gonna, when, you, when, you, when you decide to call it semen, I was like, man, <laughs> like S-E-A-M-E-N, I... <laughs> I was done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to, to, to know, begin um, the book with your grandma's bra and to end it with that, like, that is just, that's yes. just, that's just, that is just professional level writing. It really is. Well, you know, the first, you know, the first, everything is spiritual. I walked out and said, in the beginning. Yes. Yes. And then the second one was, in the beginning, there was a point. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that was actually, everything is spiritual three was going to start by walking out and going, in the beginning, your parents had sex. <laughs> and it was all, that's the first idea that I was like, oh, there's another, everything a spiritual iteration was, I should build it all around sex and that whole thing. And But then grandma's bra, obviously you can see that pushed yeah. all the way. And then I was like, wait, what if right when the book is winding down, all of the sudden it takes off again? Into yeah, this it did. It totally sex. did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And then I was like, and that hardly helped me understand, because obviously there's no chapters. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes. there's no table of contents. Because then I was like, oh, I started to see structurally, I wanted the book to feel like life. Like it starts to loop back in on itself, yeah. and it takes these lurches. And there are certain sections where the boxing, quantum physics, Father Jack, it mm-hmm. all is kind of related but kind of not it's almost like a constellation of images that seem to form something but it's not um i was like oh yeah good good no no no, don't and some of it don't like it needs to feel like life yeah Um, like there's something happening there's something really really powerful happening just below the surface it's holding it all together that you can't if it's all stitched together nice and neatly that doesn't how life is Right. So if all of a sudden it lurches into your parents having sex, and that, that and then that becomes like this explosive sort of whole new section, yeah, good, good, good. You know what I mean? It was yeah. the stops and starts and lurches and swirls that were like, what to me felt okay. That's because it's got to feel like life feels. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, what is your NBA team? Oh, good God! My NBA team right now is Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler. And by that, I mean my NBA team. These two players. Um, I love LeBron. Notice I'm skipping over team. Yeah, I, 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 I had a feeling this was the answer. Um, I think that Tyler Hero is like crazy underrated. I think he's like, he's 20, everybody. Right. 20. Right. Um, I think that you're also learning that like a system is incredibly important. So you take Jimmy Butler to three different teams. And it's kind of train wrecky. You put him in an actual system mm-hmm. that has some like depth and continuity, and suddenly, you know what I mean? Yeah. So oh, yeah. Um, Steve Kerr has built a system. Popovich has a 
I think more and more you're like these systems are are how you actually win long term. Yeah. I am so totally into the NBA playoffs right now. <laughs> I, I love it so much. Awesome. Um, uh, okay, I listened to the Taylor Swift uh, folklore while reading the book. Excellent pairing. Um, on... it's, like, it's like a fine wine. Yes, right, excellent right, right. pairing. Wine and cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you've talked about wine, uh, cheese, Taylor, and Rob Bell. You've, you've talked about listening to her music uh, with your daughter before. Um, how well, do you? F- my daughter's eleven, so it's le- it's like I'm legally. It's like a thing. You have to. Hey, my. I would listen to it regardless of my daughter. I would still listen mm-hmm. to it. Um, it's so great. I'm how do you feel it. about the new album? The stunning. Yeah. Stunning. Uh, the... and, and to pull it off quietly. And the Bonavere song, oh, just dude, yeah. My wonderful. my wife and I had a moment like over the weekend. It was like perfect weather here in Indiana, which we get maybe three or four days of that a year. And uh-huh. there was like low humidity, and we set out. We were outside. It was pitch black. The kids were in bed, and I play, I had that album playing on a Bluetooth speaker, and that song came on, and we didn't say a word. Like yeah, yeah. We didn't have to. Right. Like we just sat and listened to it and it was just like, oh, it was perfect. It was just one of those things that like everything just hits at the right yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could say it was spiritual, I suppose. <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, yeah. everything yeah, yeah. is. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, and then final question. What's no way. In- Tell me there's more. Okay, go on. What What's next <clears throat> for you, for the universe, for <clears throat> For the universe. For what's new? What's next for you, and what's next for the universe? Um, this has to. It's based off something you said in the book, regarding. Yeah, we next. are the newest layer to develop in the universe. Mm-hmm. We're the newest phenomenon, people. And what we know from particles forming atoms, atoms forming molecules, molecules forming mm-hmm. cells over this thirteen billion year unfolding universe is that when the newest layer begins to bond with itself that introduces something new into the universe. So as we, as human beings come together, we're all cells, each of us, we're each like a cell. So what is the body that we all together form? And, uh, when you begin to see the big, big, big picture, um, going back to your earlier question about wonder and awe versus despair, the, it's not like the universe is going to stop. It's not like it's tired or done. <laughs> so what does this new layer that has yet to emerge, what will that look like? What will that feel like? Yeah. And, man, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to, be, I'd like to see that. Awesome. That's actually, I think, why right now, uh, the police brutality and such, all this is the great unmasking. Yep. And yeah. even the, the economic, this is not sustainable. It doesn't work. Yeah. And um, it's not, they were looting. It's what kind of system creates people who loot? <laughs> yeah, um, right. It creates that kind of anger and resentment and lostness. So you have more and more people asking the much more vital questions of systems. Yep. And what creates 2.3 million people are in prison in America. Yeah. Like how does 4% of the world's population have what? 25% of its prison population. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, this is, we're 4% of the world's population. We have 40% of its weapons. 
we have more handguns than we have people. Like, yep. this is completely insane. So more and more people are waking up to this. And that's important for us right now, but it also has something to do with who we are as humans and what's happening in the universe itself. Oh, yeah. It could, it's getting really exciting. I got, I got another question okay. along those lines. Sorry. I swear we'll it's let, almost it's almost dinner time. I know. I swear we'll let you go. <laughs> I, I so let's let's along those lines. You're talking about what's being born, you know, in this country and all that. Obviously, November is heavy on everyone's minds. Um, yes. What? Let's let's say what what happens? <laughs> what happens if he wins again? What do we? What do we? What what are your thoughts on November third? If he wins again, is there going to be another big move in Rob Bell's life? <laughs> Canada, maybe Ireland, perhaps. Uh, it will demand. It will demand uh, creative and imaginative acts of resistance. That it will call everybody to a to a to a whole new level because it's right lots of things hang in the balance right but mm-hmm. that would that that would um who knows what it would require of us yeah <laughs> who, who knows i think of all of the people who spout off on facebook all yeah. of the energy all of the caloric burn every day <laughs> uh, spouting off on facebook imagine if all of those people on twitter sounding off about their opinions went down to town hall and whatever got involved. Yeah. What if local structures were so robust that what happened at a federal level was important, but couldn't dent at the solidity of actual communities. I mean, you even saw this with the pandemic governors and mayors essentially having to step up. Yeah. So just imagine all of the people who are asking that question, but who do have energy and some skill and some passion and could actually get involved in local school, local economics, local, um, then that the drama there wouldn't have the same, you know what I mean? For many people, politics right. means the presidential election, which is just weird. Cause you could also say politics is how do we get water that runs through our faucets? Like somebody somewhere is appointed or elected or <laughs> yeah. selected to do that. So, so even the idea that politics is that theater mm-hmm. that happens there with that stuff and not how do the roads work? How do the schools work? How do the, how do things get budgeted for the recycling? Um, and I, and it's interesting cause like if I go out on tour, the number of people I've met who have run, who are running for office, mm-hmm. the number of people in their twenties who are like my friends all up, all nominated me, so I just did it. Um, <laughs> I wonder. I won. I think you you may. I actually think you're going to have a swing. People are going to start seeing because of the gross incompetence. Oh, public service is actually pretty inspiring. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, I think you're seeing dad, that. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was a my dad was a judge, so growing up. And he was like old school, like very straightforward. This is how I serve. For him, it was like a noble act of service. He wore a robe on the bench. Um, I never, like revenue, profit, like these were words that were yeah. nowhere in his vocabulary. 
Like, he got paid by the people a salary that was fixed for years, and then he went to work each day to administer justice. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was yeah, like yeah. it was like a high noble. He wore wingtips. It was like a. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, it was like a. Yeah, he wore a suit every day, and it, like if you visit him at the office, it was other people in suits. And it was very organized, yeah, yeah. and it was all like a. People would stand in the courtroom when he came. Some of that obviously feels like another world, and yet the sense of like service and dignity and honor that he carried with himself. I, I think you're going to see a whole new world yep. of people who are like, this stuff matters. And that I just think you're going to see a whole a return to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. Cause I think you're already starting to see it. I mean, there's been some races, you know, you're even seeing like Democrats that have been, basically just part of the machine for the last 30 years getting yeah. ousted in Going primaries down, but, yeah by yep, people yep, that are like yep. real people they're not millionaires they're not lawyers they're mm-hmm. not like yeah. they're just people single moms yeah. and yeah it's it's pretty great yeah there's a there's a nobility and dignity to serving the greater good and you're going to see people yeah yeah that's going to happen that's yep. already happened yep exciting all right Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, thank you for giving us this you time. Guys. We appreciate it, man. Like I, I really like talking to you guys. I can't tell you enough how much of an impact you've had in my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of like spiritual fathers, you're definitely numero uno. Um, just uh, you, you and Dicky Roar. Yep. Um, <laughs> and you introduced us to Dickie Roar, yeah. not, like to his work. So he actually came on this podcast oh, too. Dude, believe it or not, that was. Did he, oh, I bet he loved it. Oh, he did. He yeah. was. He was a. His, he was a good sport. His first reaction: Inglorious Bastards. Ha, ha, ha. What a name! <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty spot on invitation. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty proud right. of that. But you know, one time he and, one time he and I went to dinner, and I met him at the front. You know, the whatever Major D stand. And his dog was with him. <laughs> we just walked to our table, and the dog got under the table. And we I had dinner, it. and we got up. So great. And we walked out of the restaurant, and the dog came with us. <laughs> he's just the, he's the best, man. He really he's had an enduring image. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're so blessed that there are these people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you think about all the people who have helped you. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. who, came, who came along at just the right moment yep. yeah, and had a little something for you. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We just, Brad and I just lost a college professor that a uh, Bible college mm-hmm. professor to cancer mm-hmm. who was probably one of my earliest spiritual fathers. Like just, just had that. He, he kind of reminds me of Richard Rohr a little bit, just sort of this, a very devout man, a very spiritually deep, but also like ornery. Yeah, <laughs> like yes. there's like this yes. this level of honoriness to him, but like you just yeah. he taught you how to be irreverent and taught you how to be yeah. holy at the same time, yeah. and it was just yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was great. Yeah, so I'm like you guys. I'm really grateful for all these people who yeah who helped us find our way. Yep. yep. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, yeah. well, right. this was lovely. I'm. I'm so honored that you read the book and, um, you know, we'll talk again. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so thanks, much, Rob. Man. Thanks, Rob. Grace and peace, my friends. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. All right. Thanks. <laughs> now that you've your seat, you can tell us what you think. The five stars get red, but one star is dead to us. Feedback. We have a five star. Oh shit! Wait, 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 wait. Laurel. There it is. All right. It's titled "What I Needed." By. <laughs> All right. By Trisha Van. M. Trisha Van. Trisha Van. M. Vandem. No, Van. Van. Mm. Having grown up in the evangelical church in America and realizing it's done so much harm in my life and in this country, I needed this. It's not easy to live a life where you love God but no longer want to be part of the church. It's so easy to know there are others like me and that they are honest and funny and real. I wish my husband and I could hang out and have a drink with these guys. Hey. You can. You can. <laughs> this, too, can happen to you. <laughs> Fly to Indiana. This, too, shall come to pass. I don't know where you live. Thank you for that. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, get in the pub, too. Yeah. yeah. Be good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for that, we're going to give a... Space porn. Fuck yeah. Floating around. Everybody <laughs> fucking everyone. Space porn. All right. Thanks, Michael. That's great. Thanks, buddy, for that. All right. Twitter. Uh, Melissa Murray at Espresso Mama 3. <clears throat> All right, espresso Edu- mama yourself. All right, education time, pastors. Yes, Moose Jaw is a place in no, Saskatchewan, not. which no, is a province. Not. It's not a place we can't know. Which is a province that I live in, and hashtag Kevin she lives Ma- in Moose Jaw. Yeah, no, she does. She lives in Saskatchewan, oh. which is in the same province as Moose Jaw. Um, and hashtag Kevin Max is not a twa- waffle for sure. Yeah, I I thought you were talking about Michael Tate. I I misspoke. <laughs> Kevin Max is great. I follow his Twitter. You need to do a CDN q and I'll tell you where to move. I don't know what that Canada, Canada Q&A. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Well, Canada for money. Stay, stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. November, November 4th. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be claiming political asylum somewhere, <laughs> all three of they, us. They're not going to take us. We all have fucking coronavirus, man. Uh, Dan Saplicky, Danny Saps at uh, Ob. Brother, where are they? Whatever thou? his Twitter handle is. Uh, Pastor's Dan, podcast. Obi Dan Media Guy? Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, Obi, that's it. Uh, well, that was a smoldering whirlwind of insanity that was clearly fueled by awesomeness. Great podcast. Thanks for reading that koan. I hope to hear more. Hashtag Moose Jaws. Hashtag Kevin Max is not a twat waffle. Yeah. Hashtag forgot I, the I hashtag. I apologize about Kevin Max. That was that was my slip. But I mean, Matt said something about him. And, and I think he said, fuck all of them and basically yeah. accused them of being like muddy grubbing me. Pricks. Yeah, I probably did. Uh, pleather for white people. I stand by it. at Dave, the Explorer just starting Pastures podcast episode 223. It occurred to me that I have not busted your chops much in the last few weeks and months. Consider them busted for the record. Poetry corner is my favorite segment. Jesus I will be Christ, sad Dave. when you run through all your material for this. Matt will never. I have got books. Worth I don't have poetry. a lot. I kind of gave up the ghost on that after about six months. So you're you're reading a really, really depressed six months of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Back when in 98 was uh, not a good year for me, apparently. 
Uh, I got I got to bring some some songs I wrote back in the day. Yeah. I didn't mean to do that. I do have a couple songs yeah. in that book. I I could probably read them. Uh, pleather. Oh, this is Dave again. Uh, hey, Pastors Podcast regarding the guy who lived a couple weeks in the stadium luxury suite. Fun fact: My daughters and I got locked inside the Library of Congress. Had to walk a couple blocks through tunnels to find someone to let us out. And that someone was Nicholas Cage. <laughs> That's kind of insane, actually. I'm here to rescue you. And find uh, the Declaration of Independence. This is him again. Reach the end of Pastor's Podcast, episode 223. Polly named Brad is dead to me. Now that I know he hates the Princess Bride, I do. It's a shit movie. Also, it looks like the it looks the boys decided they never want Father Roar back on the podcast. <laughs> Hashtag Foofy that wap. I would, I would take Father Roar back on the podcast. Uh, without a doubt. It would be my pleasure. So that's it for Twitter feedback. All right. Without further ado... Adia. Uh, <laughs> well, we paid close attention and we wrote them all down. Now it's time to decide our hashtag. Hashtag tastes like pink. <laughs> tastes like pink smells. Hashtag. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hashtag his side project was the Beach Boys. Hashtag free access to Andy. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag Brad's heart on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hashtag Brandon's sex loaf. That's, this might be my favorite. Hashtag rock frittata. Which <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of taco. From what's the, the, from what's the, the animal that has to eat rocks in order to digest food? What? What? There's an animal that eats rocks Matt, in order to help him digest food. <laughs> Animal that eats rocks. Yeah, for digestion. Thank what you. is it? Uh, Litharedo abatanica? No, that's not her. Uh, birds use gizzard stones to aid digestion. No, it wasn't what I was thinking. Like a... No, this creature shell crunches the rock, which the animal then eats, digests, and expels as a fine sand. I thought it was an Australian mammal for some reason. <laughs> like a sloth or a koala. Nope. Well, apparently there's other ones. I'll look them up. Go ahead. Uh, oh, what? An- no, hold on. What animals? Go ahead. <laughs> Hashtag God's own minstrel. Mm-hmm. Hashtag wet wipe under your turtleneck. <laughs> That's it. Uh, crocodiles. Nah, that's not what I'm thinking about. Well, it's and one then, of them. Several types of birds. A late entry. Hashtag gizzard stones. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what do you have? Uh, a lot of the same ones. Tasted like pink. Uh, the pastor's daughter. Uh, his side project was the Beach Boys. Uh, free access to Andy. Hashtag Big Robungus. <laughs> <laughs> it's a personal favorite, honestly. Uh, hashtag You have a heart on. Uh, hashtag What an orgasm tastes like. <laughs> hashtag Sex loaf. Hashtag Certified Rotten. That's not bad. <laughs> All right, I've got uh, hashtag Bitchin Can. <laughs> hashtag Heart on. Hashtag On Holiday. <laughs> oh, I don't want to do that one, but it makes me laugh. Uh, hashtag Coke Nail. <laughs> hashtag Fill the Void. I love Coke Nail. Uh, fill the Void. Oh my god. <laughs> hashtag Sex in a Loaf. It's my Sex in a Loaf. Sex in a Loaf. Yeah. Uh, hashtag Diamond Diddy. Actually, you know what we should use for tonight? This is in honor of Rob Bell. Surf Wax America. 
from oh, Weezer's yeah. Blue Album. Oh, yeah. It's a fun song. Good man. song. That album's just awesome. Mm-hmm. And the winner, Wet Wipe Under Your Turtleneck. Yeah. That's it. Wet Wipe Under Your Turtleneck. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I it. Think that's probably yeah. fair. <sighs> all right. If you have listened to this episode, Brad, turn I need it to, off. I need to go. God damn it. <laughs> if you've listened to this episode I'm in going its entirety, I'm hit going us up surfing. on social media with the hashtag. Uh, you take your car. Hashtag. Wet wipe under board. your turtleneck. Wet wipe under your turtleneck. Uh, we are on Twitter at Pastors Podcast. <laughs> At Nope. At MJ. Twitter can suck it. We are Facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast. Patreon.com slash Pastors Podcast. We'll get you in the Pastors Pub. Five bucks gets you nuts. Well, dollar gets you in, but five bucks gets you the hot, sweaty content. Five dollars is where it's beneficial for us. One dollar is where it's beneficial for you. So we only get like 43 cents of your dollar. But if we, uh, we get a larger amount. So, uh, anyway, patreon.com slash Pastors Podcast. Um, yeah, great episode. Yeah, man. We should, uh, this, let's, let's, this will be the last one. Let's end it here. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than this. Michael. <laughs> what? God. God. I just want to listen to the raw, pure music. Oh, so you can play your fucking music. Fuck you. Boy, that escalated quickly. Inconceivable! Alright, I'm ending this. Alright, bye. <laughs>